quiet, Georgie. Do you want a balloon? It's okay, Georgie. I'm Pennywise, the dancing clown. And you, you're Georgie. There. Now we're not strangers anymore. I don't know why I kind of turned him into Kano towards the end. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you kept looking at me and... Oh, you started? Yeah, of course oh. I started. That was my intro. I was. I, I was thought you were I rehearsing. Channeled, I channeled Tim Curry to bring in the that audience. That was actually really good, by the way. Thank you, thank you. All except the end. Yeah, I know? know. Well, because I don't know. I was getting. I was looking at you, and you were just like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Obviously, I'm trying to be Tim Curry here." <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know you wanted me to be Georgie. It's okay. So, like, welcome everybody to Fan Freaks. Bill tells me not to talk to strangers. But now, see, I, we're not strangers anymore. But Billy, Billy, we talked about this. Or Billy, uh, Georgie, <laughs> Georgie, we talked about this. Um, hi guys, welcome to the Fan Freaks podcast. Uh, we're doing something little special today. We're doing a, um, just like the Twin Peaks episode that Vinny and I did back when the podcast was Cannon Fire, we're doing a It special. Now, it's a little bit confusing with radio, but we mean Stephen King's It, not just the It in some vague pop sense. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about, about it. anything, but that kid's got It. <laughs> and what's It? What is It? It's It. What is It? All right. Fucking Faith No More. <laughs> Come on. I was going to say the name of the song, and you went with the band. That's well, good. now Epic. people know. Now people know where to go if they want to know what song that was and don't remember. What is it? So, um, as people are probably aware by now, it is a, a movie that's now out in theaters at the point of recording. At yes, this it, recording. Chapter 2 is actually uh, doing very well financially. It is not doing as good as the first one. Right. Now, I'm, what we're hoping to, by the end of this podcast, is at least explain to you why I personally feel as though it is not living up to the expectation of the uh, part one. And uh, by the end of this, you should have a good idea of where we're coming from, is basically what I'm getting at. Not only that, I think we should also talk about a little bit of uh, what would sh what should we expect from a 1,198-page novelization, horror, Stephen King horror book. Like, how can we realistically have that in film like is there a way to do that i mean it doesn't feel like it has a bunch of pacing problems I and a bunch of things that needed to be cut the thing is is that there is like a very good way to pace this obviously with stephen king books you kind of have to trim the fat a bit to sort of like fit everything into mm -hmm. a full movie and like I, my go-to example of a Stephen King book, like done correctly, is like The Shining, for example, which is like everyone's big example. Right, but Stephen King hated The Shining. I mean, did he? Yeah, Stephen King is like the number one person that hates The Shining because Kubrick took like the general idea of The Shining, mm -hmm. but made it different. And Stephen King was like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're destroying my idea of the shining it should mm -hmm. be longer and there should be more things in it and stanley kubrick was like who's the film director here me yeah. or you that's what i thought get out of my fucking <clears throat> set okay well if i'm not gonna use the shining then i can use um the mist as another one that was made into a film i love you know that that ending you're right and we're not gonna get into this because <laughs> we're not talking about the mist today um we're basically talking about stephen king and his um lovable clown book it um, so what is it for those of you who probably don't even know, let's say you didn't even, I don't know, pay any heed to this. Maybe you're born in it's a, the, it's a murderous a millennial, clown, right? He, okay. So in the context of the book, in the story, Pennywise, the clown 
is actually an interstellar alien that crash lands on Earth to feed upon children. Okay? That's um, a really weird now take obviously, on Superman. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Jesus, like, what if he just, what if Superman was really into clowns and just wanted to eat kids all day? I don't know, because there's hey, a Georgie, thing- my name's Kal-El. <laughs> oh, my God. But see, the thing is, Superman doesn't have um, any attraction to fear. Like, fear doesn't really apply to him. He's not a yellow lantern. Um, but <laughs> this guy, bro. <laughs> Either way, um, I know that concept sounds really out there, and it's like, wow, what? Why could that even? How could that even be interesting? Well, the way that he kind of gets kids is very interesting of in itself because he gets kids that feel neglected or or estranged by the town, and he has this sort of aura, which I call the area of effect AOE attack of his, where he kind of promotes neglect in a way. So, like, whenever a child has an issue or, or an acknowledge a problem or something, there's a good chance that its presence, Pennywise himself, will just make people around him choose to ignore it. And we really see that a lot in right. It Chapter 1 mm. with every single adult neglecting not just the, the main seven, the losers, mm. but just even kids who are brutalizing Mm-hmm. The, the the Ben the the fat boy the new kid or whatever new yeah. kids on the block on the bridge like they're carving a letter into him right two adults drive nothing. by uh-huh. didn't give one fuck and you even see the balloon in the back to sort of kind of give you that confirmation that yes it did something here and, and prevented these people from doing something and hold on even on top of that even active shit like let's say a child gets murdered or a child is missing. They're actively, like, coming up with excuses like, oh, the dad took it to Florida, or, oh, you know, maybe they ran away. They're actively making excuses in order to not deal with the problem. And even in the remake, they make it a point like, wow, it's like the last person that's missing. It doesn't even matter. Like, she disappeared because there's someone else that's missing. Yeah, it's always like, oh, uh, what have you done for me lately type of thing. Like, at the beginning of It Chapter 1, we get, like, the very first little girl. Then... Like ten minutes in, another kid, mm-hmm. and then ten another ten minutes in, it's the other kid that's part of the gang so, with the bully, right? But the, so there's a lot of like actual disappearances and legit stuff that people could investigate. But because it is there, his whole thing is that he exudes this sort of aura that people will just not do anything about uh, would it. Would you also consider him maybe a reality bender? <clears throat> I would 100%, but his his powers come at a certain price or so, because while feelings of neglect kind of show up around him and influence stuff, it can also kind of be turned back on him. So while, let's say, fear is something that smells really good to him, so like when a child feels alone, that's something that attracts him to it, and then he can sort of you know, play the clown act to approach him and then scare him one last second and then eat them. And that's how he does that. He has to use that fear and have them covered in fear in order to actually eat them, much like the metaphor I'm going to bring up in a second. But yes, he, he what was your initial question? I'm sorry. No, that is he a reality bender. Oh, yes. Okay. Because in It Chapter 1, and I keep, I'm referencing the remakes because mm. we're, are we going to talk about the original? Yeah, we are. We are. Okay. We're, we're, I'm mentioning the remakes because in chapter one, you see a lot in the background and the TV's playing constantly. You see Pennywise in kids shows or adults yes. in kids shows telling kids, Hey, go to the sewers, mm-hmm. go play in the sewers. And it's literal adults saying it. So it's like, okay, reality bending. 
That, in, that's yeah. reality bending 101 right there. In the remake, he's so much more like overt with his influence on the town. It's like literal propaganda on TV and like posters and shit. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's a little bit different. Because in the original, it was just more like illusions that would draw kids to him and stuff. It wasn't as like overt with that kind of like, he is a, reali- a reality bender, but it could be worked against him in the regard that like, as soon as you acknowledge he exists and what he is, your kind of, I guess, feelings, it's not negativity anymore, it's purpose, and that kind of repels him like a really bad smell, and then that kind of, like, makes him recoil, and if there's enough of it, it causes him to sort of get into a weakened state. Uh, since we're, we're it's an it-focused thing. Well, we're not, we're, we're talking about Pennywise, so that way we can go into everyone else and how the fuck he tries to fuck with them. No, no, but we're, <laughs> we're talking about it. We're obviously going into spoilers for chapter two. Oh yeah, well, when there's a, did I do any spoilers yet? No. Okay, good. No, no, no but I feel yeah, we're not just gonna talk about it from 1990. We're not just gonna talk from it chapter one, which was two years ago. Uh, ch- yeah, I think yeah, yeah, 2017. Yes, 2017. Correct. And the movie that just came out last week. So if you're listening to this, you know, watch the movie. Well, if you want to, this is why I kind of wanted to start out with an explanation of Pennywise himself. So that way, if someone hasn't seen the film, they can say, oh, shit, I didn't think of it that way. Let me watch the movie. So thank you. because This kind of brings me to my next point. We explained who Pennywise literally is. OK, now you may think, wow, that's really out there. It's an interesting story. But like, who fucking comes up with this? Well, the answer is cocaine. And beyond cocaine, it is um this this interesting metaphor that Stephen King is trying to to bring about with Pennywise, and I have it on my little note because I wanted to say it in a right way that, that didn't get misconstrued, obviously. Pennywise is a metaphor for the feeling that most bullied and uh, abused kids have eating away at them, presented as an actual monster, needing to be consumed by fear before actually taking them, much like Pennywise. So when a kid feels like he's bullied for for XYZ and he feels like he's not a part of... He or she. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking mainly as like myself, but correct. Like he or she feels like they're separated from society and... George, were you bullied? Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Elementary was full of that shit. And I know that that feeling of like you, you feel alone only at that moment because you feel like no one was there to defend you. And so it is that feeling, but sort of given a physical presence that if it lets, if you let fear of that consume you, it does literally consume you. And I think that kind of metaphor is super interesting because it can go for all the characters in the film and makes him super relatable as something you have like faced before. And that's why he's called it. Yeah, it's 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 like a blank canvas. You could put it on anything. Right. Because it can be anything for each person. Now, now you were talking about cocaine. Right, because I just did that as a joke on Stephen King. Like, the book has a lot of out-there concepts. Can, can I, I looked up Stephen King's thoughts on, on The Shining. Can I, yeah, can I go talk for about it. that? He said, and I quote, in an interview with um, the Rolling Stones, Stephen King said, and I quote, The book is hot. The movie is cold. The book ends in fire and the movie in ice. In the book, there's an actual arc where you see this guy, Jack Torrance, trying to be good. And little by little, he moves over to this place where he's crazy. And as far as I was concerned, when I saw the movie, Jack was crazy from the first scene. I had to keep my mouth shut at the time. It was a screening and Nicholson was there. But I'm thinking to myself, the minute he's on the screen, oh, I know this guy. I've seen him in five motorcycle movies where Jack Nicholson played the same part. And it's so misogynistic. 
I mean, Wendy Torrance is just presented as this sort of screaming dish rag, but that's just me. That's the way I am. Again, that's if we were gonna go into The Shining, I can I can go into more of like the separation between the movie and the book because that's that's way more of like a a hard clash. Like there there are more things that happen in the book of it that happen in the movies. You know, there are some things that obviously have been cut out of the book, which namely there's a certain scene, 18 plus with the children, which I don't know why Stephen King felt the need to put that in there, but it was supposed that's to reaffirm. That's the cocaine, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've anyway, never heard of anybody doing coke wanting a a a prepubescent gangbang. All right, well, but let's stay on topic, okay? <laughs> We're going to focus on, because we haven't even gotten into spoilers yet, dude. I'm just mentioning, like, who Pennywise is and why he's His actually... His origins. Right, and who he is literally and who he is as a metaphor. Because, like, the, the AoE effect of making people not care or neglectful is a commentary on how most people find it easier to ignore problems around them as opposed to just, like, dealing with them straight on. So, like, a firm support group is, like, his counter... You know, because for a, a firm support group can actually help you in dairy and which, in real which life. Which is the stand-in for the Losers Club. Right. The Losers Club is the support group. So, like, that kind of idea of trauma can get you if you face it alone. But if you confide in others and handle your traumas together, right. you can overcome it. And it's a very strong, like, you know, story and a very strong moral to have. And I kind of fell in love with this as I started watching the movie over and over again to prepare for this episode with my notes of madness. Yeah, actually, I really want you to put that picture up that you sent me of all the notes, hopefully <laughs> on the page, to see the dedication that George has put into this episode. I mean... I, I thought I did enough by watching the movies, but George kind of went ham and like said, no, nah, I'm not nah, fam. I'm going to give this some respect. Yeah. I just felt like there was a lot to talk about with this There's series. There's a lot you to know? uncover here because we got to talk. We have to talk about uh, not just the AOE effect of Pennywise, but how the town is Pennywise. Like, yes. How the town is sort of influenced by his just presence of a supernatural like entity. Birth- from his presence because you can make the argument since he came before the town well actually these apparently these settlers who went to go well you're right he was there because before. In, in chapter two we see where 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 the meteorite lands and right. it's underneath the town correct correct and we even get like that's why his whole thing is a sewer well is this a like, spoiler because th- yeah it's a spoiler ah uh, uh, now i gotta find that <laughs> hey but it's okay. We'll get into it. We're going to get into the spoilers in just a second. But we got into what it is. And so we're going to go into more of the characters and what we're going through and what we saw. Okay. Um, I would highly suggest watching it. The original and the remake. They're both really fun. Neither of which are particularly terrible. The endings do suck. Like, in both. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm glad Stephen King admits it. Through through meta commentary, he admits it. In a, in a Deadpool-esque fashion, yes, he admits it. So um, right now, here's your warning. Um, If you are interested in it, go watch it. Don't listen to it right there. Here's your spoiler alert. And if you do, I'll find out where you live and I'll eat your face. That was my, my new Pennywise impression. Yeah, that one's better than the old one. Because there's two different kinds, obviously. There's the Tim Curry, and then there's this new... <laughs> exactly. The, the Bill Skarsgård one. I, I think it was really smart the way he played it. Uh, you know, I have a lot to talk about Bill Skarsgård uh, Pennywise. All right. Well, now now we are in it, okay? So um, just hold on. 
<laughs> okay, never mind. Let's get in it. All right, spoiler over. We're in it. Let's talk about the real shit. May, may, may I talk first about uh, this? Because yeah, yeah, we're going to get into a lot of shit about, oh, yeah, about no. the remakes. Absolutely. We're, we're going to like kind of rip it to shreds. So I want to first preface it with some good. Mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård is an amazing actor. Dude, I would never expect someone could pull off what Tim Curry did and better somehow. Like, I don't know Because he didn't try to do Tim Curry. That's the thing. He doesn't try to replicate him. Right. Right. He wanted to do his own thing. But, George, uh, like, before I went to go see the movie, obviously, these actors, what are they all doing? They're doing press events. They're doing interviews. And everybody asked him, how did he, how did he prepare for the role? Mm-hmm. And Bill, like, like went super into the role, but it, it, he's very method. Apparently, the eye thing. Yeah, he could do it. He could do it without a special effect, and he fucked with Bill Hader on set with it. But also, one of the things that's interesting to me is that he, as soon as it was wrapped, as soon as he was done, he had trouble letting go of Pennywise. Oh, come. All right, I don't know. Dude, sometimes people get really method, What's with the man? clowns? Why do all the clown roles have to fuck around with people so much when they do method uh, acting of them? Uh, also, this movie is not as uh, beloved by the critics as, oh, the, par- as the first one. Because it is... <laughs> well, hold it, on, it, what are you on, saying? It's on 67, 68% Are you saying tomatoes. then the original first one? Or no, no, the chapter one remake. Chapter, because this is how we're going to have to differentiate for the podcast. When we're talking about the remakes, we'll have to say chapter one, chapter two. Whereas for the original, we just say in the original when they're adults, because... Or just know, straight up 90s it. You could do that too. Th- whichever. But yeah, let, let's get into the actual performances and the differences between uh, first, new and old. First of all, for chapter two, it's... And chapter one, it's Bill Skarsgård. Correct. For the remakes, chapter one and two, yes. That for it chapter is for... one and two, it's Bill Skarsgård. Correct. And I would like to say in chapter two, Bill Hader. What? I thought he was good in chapter two. Oh, I thought you were saying playing Pennywise. I was like, what the fuck? Bill Hader. No, the Richie. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, he, I thought he was great. I feel almost everyone else was phoning it in. But he was really good. I feel he was really good because... Unfortunately, him and Eddie, there was like a really good dynamic between the so, two. So we're actors. going into the kids now. Okay, so we're no, gonna no, go. I'm going into chapter two. Now I'm going to go into chapter one. The kids, I don't think it was a bad actor. But, but, but you jump it everywhere, bro. We were talking about Pennywise. You now just brought up the, the kids. kids. I said because I was asking you because you started going on about about um, the actors about Richie's new actor. Yes, yeah, the, the adult. But before we move on from them, I'm just going to finish with Pennywise. Tim Curry didn't really focus on being scary as he was trying to be a clown that kids would approach right you know what i mean a lot of his stuff was he was acting silly after the big scary thing to sort of show them that this silly clown is this evil shit whereas in the remake it's just the clown is evil as no matter what like he's constantly scary looking and that's where you saw in my notes i wrote the clown form works in the original but not in the remakes because in the original, remember, part one of the original takes place in the 50s. Yeah, where everyone, like, oh, clowns are, like, universally Clowns accepted. are, part, like, are not as scary of a thing yet in the 50s. No one's really freaked out by clowns just Ringling yet. Ringling Brothers are still around. The circus is in town. People love the circus. Right. Like that. So it's assumed that, like, it's form, Pennywise. He uses clown form, and it worked to get kids for a long time in the original. But then in the remake, it's like... He used it in the 50s, but since the kids are now in the, the 80s? 
Chapter one is set in the eighties. Like late eighties, early nineties? No. Mid to late eighties. Mid to late eighties, whatever. And then but, chapter two is like present day. Or right. So now that Pennywise is in that time era, uh-huh. he like the form doesn't work so well. And a lot of the kids are kind of freaked out by the clown, but he has to like sort of coax them in with his like personality, and that works. So like it's funny to see that distinct difference and like they they actually accommodated for the time jump and how people are consciously not into clowns anymore. Right. <laughs> so I mean that that that's just a big thing I wanted to mention about it's, Pennywise. It's interesting so. how they both use the bait in different ways. Right, right. One put the bait in like a nice, funny, agreeable aspect, and the other one put it in a, a pity him aspect. Because there's a lot of times where right. Pennywise is all like for chapter one and chapter two, you see Pennywise is like, nobody wants to hang out with me because well, I'm a clown. That was definitely with the little girl in the bleachers in part two, for sure. Right, and, and then it, even in chapter one with Georgie. Where he's like, Oh yeah, Georgie. Nobody wants to be my friend. Well, no, he just says stuff like, "Because I literally just saw it this morning." But yeah, he does appeal to him with Georgie with being like very, very like child friendly. But the whole self deprecation thing doesn't come until like he starts getting starving. And yeah, like, cause, cause he can't, can't eat nobody, the everybody's dodging him, all the fucking kids. So, like, he you even get pity. You even get the kid in Chapter 2 who's, like, ignoring the calls from mm-hmm. the drain because Pennywise is calling all the kids in the drain, like, hey, come come play in the sewers. I want to eat. He kind of gravitates. And that's the thing about the skateboard kid I didn't really understand is, like, did he actually have some sort of trauma or some sort of something that made him feel alone that way it worked for Dude. Pennywise. It didn't make any sense. I don't it's know. a badass on a skateboard, bro. Like, what's up? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and he's a big fan of comedy. But one thing I did find weird about the remake Chapter 1 is that Pennywise would show up after being in another form to sort of be like, yup, this is my form, the clown. He, he wouldn't really try and approach the kids and be like, oh, look at you. I'm here. He, he really wasn't. He was acting scary as the clown the whole time, which is like, if I would say there's one big difference between Tim Curry's Pennywise and Bill Skarsgård, Skarsgård's Pennywise, it's that. One is more focused on being a clown for the humor of attracting kids. And the other one realized that the clown thing doesn't work. I'm just going to scare the shit out of them. And I guess that works. <laughs> hey man whatever works right yeah so now now that we've talked about pennywise um we talked about that only be able to afford yep yeah, we talked about pennywise scars guy yes and we talked about the original too on how he kind of tim curry more approaches the kids as a clown do you which do you prefer is my question it's all it's very different on how that works i i like how Bill Skarsgård has more shape-shifting stuff. Yeah. Where he can actually fuck around with the kids more in terms of, like, what they're actually scared of. And then Tim Curry has to sort of be the clown that just shows up a lot. Like, Eddie's whole shower scene is scary because the whole showers come out. But then, you know, he comes out in the clown form and he's super silly. And it just kind of changes the tone a bit. But it's lovable because it's Tim Curry. So, in a way, I feel like... Pennywise is a little bit better in the remake only because of that. Like, I I have a thing for Tim Curry, but that I don't I know. I have a huge thing for Tim Curry. It's getting to be that time where I put Rocky Horror Picture Show every night uh-huh. and sing Sweet Transvestite to myself. Alone. <laughs> Alone. In the mirror. Uh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Anyway, so... <laughs> no? Alright. I, I know. <laughs> I know the reference, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> but... 
Skarsgård, I felt, brought, like, true, like, yeah, because you said it, Tim Curry wanted to play it as somebody that that could be a realistic clown. Mm-hmm. But Skarsgård, I guess, for our generation, is, like, what our worst fears of clowns realized. It's interesting. Instead of appealing to how kids like clowns, it's appealing to how kids are fucking terrified of clowns now. Legit. It's kind of weird. It's just kind of that, that difference that still performs the same plot-wise. And you could always assume that back in the day, it worked. Back in the fucking 50s and 60s and whatever, it just doesn't work as well anymore. So he has to shapeshift into other things to sort of, I don't know, keep up. He still tries to attract kids through, like, the clown form, but even Georgie in the, in the remake, he's like, um, <laughs> you scared Why the shit are you out of me. in the fucking sewers? In the original, the original Georgie's like, oh my god, a clown! Like, yeah. <laughs> that's I'm it. I'm so happy, a clown's in the sewers talking to me? Yeah, not, not, not in the remake. So Notice me, senpai. You wanted to talk about the actors that played the kids. So, yeah, let's go ahead and start getting to the kids. If you want to... Um, uh, do you want to talk about the uh, original or chapter one? Well, I'm going to be con- comparing and contrasting the whole time. So just, uh, we could start out with someone... I'd like to say that chapter one, for its time, the kids did all right, but they're not anything to write home about. In comparison to now that the pedigree of these kids, like, they pick some kids that... For example, uh, Finn from Stranger Things to play Richie mm-hmm. was actually capital casting on on its. I think the kids are part. possibly the best actors in both films. They they have the best chemistry. The the ad libs they have feel way more genuine than the adults do. Like the adults are just kind of assholes for a while. Like they don't. Yeah, really like feel for a bit. Like for uh, original and chapter two. There isn't really anything the adults are like, I feel comparing myself to them. Mm-hmm. Or they don't feel genuine. I feel, honestly, they're phoning it in. That that was what you said earlier. And that's why I was kind of like, if anything, what's his face? Um, Guy who plays the new Bill, uh, he's really, he's an X-Men James teacher. McAvoy. James McAvoy. He was trying so hard to the point where I felt like sometimes he was overacting. I felt he overacted in the drug scene where he, like, gets drugged by Mike to have the visions of the ritual of Jude. Right. You know what? I think what we should do real quick, because if we're going to, like, do a special on talking about the analysis of the characters and shit, Bill is the, uh, is the, um, the James McAvoy Oh, you want to break down character. each character. Yeah, 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 just really quick. So Bill is, is Georgie's brother, who, if any, if anyone's ever heard anything about it, it's that scene where Georgie gets his arm ripped off in the sewer. Like, uh, Bill is also the leader of the Losers Club. Right. The de facto leader. Because he's personally affected, like, it's his brother that got killed... He's, like, obsessed with finding out what happened, and everyone else in the town just wants to get over it because of Pennywise's AoE effect. Even to the point in Chapter 1, and I think we touched on it a little bit in the original, uh, Bill, like, writes maps, kind of sees where where Georgie could have been. Oh, Georgie could be in the sewers. Like, let's check the sewers. The Barons. You know, the the Barons. Thank you. The Barons. He could be there. And, like, the dad's like, let it the fuck go. And you know what? After rewatching the original, something else I noticed that's that's a difference between the original and the remake, the parents blame the shit out of him in the original. In the original, they go, Georgie would have would have lived if it wasn't for you, and then fucking walked away. In the remake, they're just like, let it go, Bill. 
But this one, they're like, in the original, they're like, no, 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 you caused that. And that's the trauma that Pennywise builds off of. And and in this one, it didn't really feel like the parents contributed so much as they just wanted to forget. Which we never see Bill's mom after the beginning scene of chapter one. That's a very good point. I never really considered that. We only, she's playing the piano and then we never see anybody touch the piano again because we assume... She didn't get over Georgie's death. Mm-hmm. She's massively oh, depressed. Funny thing I noticed. But we never as well. see her again. Like his whole thing is like he need he's obsessed with finding out what happened to his brother, and that pulls him closer to the truth of what Derry actually has. Um the thing I also noticed about him in part one of the remake or in chapter one of the remake, he's wearing a shirt that says Tracker Brothers Truck Company. Get it? He's tracking his brother. And he's trucking all over Derry. Like, I just thought I was like, wow, what what the fuck kind of like... And I noticed as I was watching rewatching the uh, part one, um, chapter one of the remake, there's like a little... There's a little fucking Easter eggs. Like, Georgie's room is circus-themed. Georgie's room also has a toy turtle. Yes, the turtle. So, that's we one should thing talk about Yeah, we should turtle. talk about the turtle before... Well, we we go any deeper, we should talk about it, There's the not turtle. much. There's really not much. So, I feel like it's okay if I add this onto Bill. Because Bill is the only person who even does anything related to a turtle the whole fucking movie. So yeah, he mentions it also in chapter one in the in the the quarry. Right, because there's a turtle in the in the in the and, lake, and they yeah. feel it on the floor. And Georgie's toy in the remake is a turtle. Right. So like you're like, what the fuck is up with all these turtles? So in the book, apparently, and this is because I haven't read the book, but in the book, apparently, there's like the turtle is the opposite to it. To like Pennywise, the monster that is Pennywise. Right. And he's like a celestial being that created the universe. It coughed up, like it vomited up. It vomited up the world and including the earth and everything. And that's why there's this like weird, I don't know, constant theme of turtles, even though it only shows up twice. Like, yeah, but there's always like this, this mysterious benefactor. You were mentioning about how in the original, there's like a need Something, yes. something arises really- and they have some an ass pull out of nowhere where like, oh, I already had that. Correct. So like they didn't do this a lot in the remake, but when they become adults, there's this weird thing that happens where like they'll they'll buy something. Like, for example, Mike, he buys something. And it's like a tire repair kit on a whim. He just buys it. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And then I bought this. Oh, hold on, I'm not explaining this correctly. He shows Bill the bike, his old bike, and says, yeah, this is your old bike, but the tire's messed up. And he goes, oh, man. And he goes, but you know what? And he pulls out the tire repair kit. And he's like, I bought this three months ago on a whim, and I didn't expect to get these things at the same time. It was meant. It was meant to be. It's fate that we stopped this thing. So apparently in the original, there's like this sense that the kids are meant to stop Pennywise and there's this guiding force pushing them to doing it. And that's really like, it's it's a nice way to go with calling it like this generic force. Right. Without having it be a giant turtle. Instead of having to explain, yeah, there's a turtle out in the universe that coughed up the fucking earth because drugs. Right. So that's why the movie kind of wisely cut that shit out. But in the remake, it's kind of nice how they, like, you know, they give a little wink and a nod. Hey, we know where we're coming from. It's like this, the Satan aspect and the turtle's god, you know, whatever. Right, right. And so Bill, um, he's looking for Georgie, obviously. And the Georgie kill, by the way, uh, is way more detailed in the remake. Oh, for sure. Like, beyond just the arm ripping off, like... Which is great because that kind of tells you where the remake is going. And you even see someone walk outside, see that Georgie is on the floor talking to someone in the sewer, right? And, and they go like, back inside. 
oh, what the fuck's going on? Like, she literally looked and was like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And then chose not to because of its AoE effect. I'm calling it the AoE effect because that's the best way to explain it. All right, just treat it like an RPG. Because that's what it is. Um, Another thing um, I wanted to mention is... Oh, yeah, because they give more detail for that scene. This is where I was going. In the original, there's, like, an abduction scene of a little girl while this lady's putting out her laundry to dry. So, like, it was a wise decision to cut that, but at the same time, it doesn't allow for Mike to find the evidence he does in the original. So, I, I see what they did with wanting to put more time into the Georgie kill, but, you know, I don't know. It's give or take. It's really a lateral move. I don't really know what else to do with that. But there is a difference. Also, um, I don't know if you remember the whole, he thrust his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost. Yes, so that rhyme is in the original. Um, Bill says his mom gave it to him, so that way he had something to practice to get rid of his stutter, which, by the way, yes, he has a stutter, I forgot to mention. And only when he really is caring and giving a shit about stopping Pennywise does the stutter go away. Um, So that rhyme he gets, he just mentions it in the original when they're adults. In the remake, they incorporate incorporate it way better to be being something like he says on his ride to home, you know, on his ride home to, to from school, on his bike. He says it to himself, and it just is incorporated a lot better. And that's just something I noticed. Um, <clears throat> so that's Bill. Anything else you want to say about Bill? Uh, Bill's pretty much the same character between the original and the remake, right? I have some issues in part two specifically with Bill, because there's this weird thing that he does, like... In the original, when he comes back and he's an adult, um, oh god, let me, I have, I have the list of scares right here before I, I forget it. Oh, when he's an adult. A list of scares? I thought we were talking about the characters. We are talking about the characters. Do you want me to, do you want me just to save the scares for one Yeah, minute? save the scares for the scare portion. Oh, okay, alright, then I'll save that. So that's Bill. So let's move on to someone else. Uh, uh we got... Richie, I guess. Richie, alright, because that's He's the more memorable one, he's our bard. Of the of right. D&D campaign? Correct, correct. Richie's a jokester. In the original, you get this feeling that Richie is a, 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 like overcompensating with his comedy to sort of make up for the, for his, like, I don't know, his, him having no friends or him being a loser in school. He gets picked on by the bullies. Um, also, I'd like to point out that yeah. in the original and in the remake, they're both played by pro- very, very smart, stand-up comedians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um bill when richie Hay- grows up he becomes a stand-up comedian and they take that like as part of the casting as well they made which a is conscious decision. really good on the casting director's part of both the original and the uh remake mm-hmm. obviously in the original they had a they had a smaller budget it's a tv movie type of thing and they kind of probably blew their load on john ritter but <laughs> harry, harry anderson is a phenomenal actor as as well, he's playing a comedian. He's he's fucking great. If you mm. haven't seen any of his stand up, I really recommend it. It's really like a good time capsule. The, sta- the, the stand up of the 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 original yeah. adult form. Yeah, the actual guy who did that is an actual stand up comic. I'm I'm promoting him. I'm sure he's much better in his actual stand up, but bro, his jokes are not very funny in the original. No, because like he's he's reading someone else's work. It's nice to be back in dairy, breathing in that old dairy air. Yeah, that's his joke. Yeah, it's. <laughs> So it's a it's a good time capsule for what was back then. Mm-hmm. And then you have Bill Hader, really great comedian, really good at jokes, and he's got excellent delivery. You could clearly see how like those years of experience on N- SNL, mm-hmm. like because he's quick. He is fucking like the quick witted one 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's his that's his typecast. Right. He, he's, but, he's the the Joker of the group. In so. the in chapter two, like he's super quick, like to the point where you can see the other actors are trying to. Keep You're pace. talking about adult. Yes, Richie, yeah, remake, Richie, which is Bill yes. Hader. Also, yes. watch if you can some of his stand-up. Okay, so he's great. I'm not gonna lie; he did a great job portraying his character in part two. I have a lot of stuff oh, to we talk, talk about. Also, about the kids version. Yeah, we're talking. We're, we're, I'm trying to say who these kids are to begin with before moving on, even to when they're adults. You know what I mean? All right, man. I, I'm breaking this is it down. A really heavy. I'm heavy breaking theme. it down. So, like Richie, we already kind of went into the main thing with him. He's he's just really the comedic, uh, the co- uh, comedic, comedic relief, comedian of the group. He makes a lot of uh, ill-timed jokes because he feels as though that's his only like defense mechanism, and. He's the type of guy that when he saw Joji get his arm bitten off, he would have been like, oh, man, we got to give him a hand. Exactly. Like, he's that type of he's guy. He's very punny. So I, I don't know how much more I'm going to go into him in terms of like what he does for the plot, because really that's all he does except be there for his friends. You know what I mean? Besides the thing I'm going to talk about later. So that's Richie. We're going to move on. We got Ben, who's the, the overweight kid in class. He's um the new kid yeah. as well, ba- mainly because his father passes away in the original, and he has to move in with his aunt, who hates him. In the original, there's this really cool idea that his trauma and like what he has a problem with dealing with, beyond just him being teased for being fat at school, is that his dad passed away, and he feels as though his dad abandoned him. So Pennywise shows up as his dad a lot. To sort of get him to come into the sewers. But this is in the original. In the remake, they kind of toss that and completely. sort of completely and make him the history buff. Yeah. So now he's like someone who's really into reading the history on, on Derry and he finds out the, the past and stuff, which is great. But it kind of causes a problem because this was the characteristic of another character named Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike is also a new kid by the way who goes to the school in the original but he's a history buff so he's like let me read about this town i just moved in and all the stuff with ben in the remake is done with mike in the original because ben had his stuff with his dad that was his trauma and so mike is a whole other bag of worms because it's like having to update mike's trauma must have been really interesting because like all the kids have their own trauma obviously bill uh, bill has georgie um, Richie, I'm gonna go into in a second. Ben has his dad. Mike didn't really have one except for the bullies at school, but I feel like he got the worst of it because it was, he was one of the only black kids in a school in the 60s. Like, in Maine. In Maine? Like, Jesus Christ. I could see that being, like, very fucking the North traumatic. Alabama? To the point where, like, he felt, he feared for his life, and that was, his trauma, but in the remake, they add on this trauma that's like, uh, his he he's his family burned in in a building while he was in outside of, of in front of him because and he, he was playing right outside. He, was a baby. He, he couldn't do anything because he was a baby. I don't hate this trauma. I th- in fact think it's really smart to give him another thing of abandonment, another plot point. It works because every other character has a thing on top of them being bullied. And you already have that in chapter one. You have already the racist uh, character characters with so the much, Henry Bowers gang, but but Henry in the original is so much more racist. It's pretty crazy. They openly say the N word 
a few times, and it's like, holy shit, bro! Like they do in chapter one as well. I, I don't mean, remember. I just watched. Yeah, the during the rock one. fight, he goes. Oh, Does he? Yeah, like he's beating him up. I right remember before they the rock. they say a lot of "Get out of our town, we don't want you," and yeah. I, like that's essentially kind of what they're going for without actually having to say it. Yeah, but like, uh, what I don't understand is that. Instead of just letting him be the history buff and have this, like, interesting backstory of him, like, feeling this responsibility and they him not wanting to show emotion. They give it to Ben, and then they have him be homeschooled. Yeah, Mike is homeschooled in the remake. He doesn't go to the school. He's completely some other kid that just shows up, which is weird because he's supposed to be in the kid's class, and they recognize him... And, and, like, that kicks off the Losers Club, even at school. But since they gave the history buff to Ben, they, I don't know, they gave Mike some other trauma and then had him be homeschooled. So it feels like he's not even part of the plot until, like, the end of the second act. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. The, the rock fight scene. Mike, in the, when they're kids, Mike really doesn't have a lot to do in the remake. In the original, he has his history buff plot line. But does Ben have a lot? Ben in the original has his dad and the fact that he's picked on, but like a lot of the students are, or a lot of the kids are picked on and they have something on top of that. You know what I mean? But like, obviously it's, it's very your main trauma with a side of bully uh, trauma. Yeah, exactly. So like, and, and I don't know. I thought that was very interesting with Mike that they had to update him because like, you're no longer going to school in the sixties. And he's probably not the only black kid at school, like, you know what I mean, in in this time era. So they added something on top of that, which is his trauma with the, the burning building. I like it. I just wish they did something with it. He just shows up at the end. Really nothing else. So that's that's my one thing with Mike, I'll just say. Um, so we're, we're burning through it. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. We're going to go to um, Beverly. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Let's go to Bev. I feel Beverly as a kid actor was great in the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annette O'Toole in the original, uh, from what I remember, she was serviceable. It wasn't like... Mm-hmm. Annette O'Toole, she's a good character actress. She she can work almost any role given to her. Mm-hmm. But Jessica Chastain, I felt completely uh, nothing for. So can you give me... Because um, I don't know the names. So can uh, you give me the like... The adult... Bev uh, in Chapter 2 Remake. Okay, yeah, she, I felt like her younger self was a lot tougher, like, more of a, I don't know, like... Like, just um, harder, like, she yeah, felt, like, it felt like uh, she was, uh, a, I want to, I hate to say it, but more three-dimensional. And yeah. in Chapter 2, she felt paper thin almost you know it's weird because i feel like in the chapter two all right let me just say this beverly is a girl that lives in town she goes to the school um a lot of the kids have a rumor about her that she sleeps around with every guy because she just kissed one dude in a play once um and she has this really intense and fucked up relationship with her father who's intensely abusive and Scary, really scary as shit in both movies like like a really (laughs) weird abusive Possibly scarier than the clown in most scenes, and yeah. I don't even know how you did that. Yeah, also like, that actor, I don't know what's his name, but I need to see him in a horror movie. Because he did he, a great job. For what little he had to work with, he was like, dude, this is my make it or break it. I'm going to break it. My skin crawls. Even in the original, 
for seeing this character interact with Beverly. It's like I still don't know if he uh, raped her or not. Uh, it's it's implied that it's something, but it, they don't need to show that shit. Thankfully, but it's like yeah, because I mean, even in chapter two, you get him with this weird scene where he like sprays her with her mother's cologne. Uh, yeah, and sniffs her, and, and it's some in the original. There's something similar with her hair. He like sniffs her hair, but because the remake needs to do everything bigger and better, like they just made it this huge perfume thing. Yeah, know? but they even mentioned that in the book where they he do they he, yeah in the book he keeps uh Beverly keeps talking about that there's a particular smell when he's there and there isn't a smell when he's not there. Oh, ew. Oof. That, 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 you know, Stephen King. That's called ball sweat. He adds a lot of, of, uh, smell dimension to his novels. I've noticed like when, from the novels I've read. Well, he was sniffing something. Yeah, I'm sure. He just, I don't know. He's, he's a very scenty kind of guy. But, um, I want to mention one thing about Beverly. Um, in, in the remake, she kind of deals with her dad's stuff. And then it's the support group of the other kids that kind of help her through it. Right. Um, in this one, there's an extra scene of, of her cutting her hair in defiance because it's the only thing she can do as a child to defy against her father this way. Right. Cause he keeps grabbing her hair. And right. And she like keeps that. saying how much he loves her hair and stuff. So it was like the only way to defy him. Now, mm. I'm usually not a fan of this trope because it shows up whenever a writer wants to say, my woman is strong and doesn't actually do anything with it, which is whatever. But the fact that this is a child character and there's really not a lot of options in terms of defiance, it makes more sense. And I just feel like if I ever complain about that trope in the future, it's done well in this film. Yeah. When the trope can work, it'll work. Correct. And also, um, there's a scene, well, I guess we're gonna go into the scares later, and we'll, we'll do that later. But regardless, Beverly has some shit with her dad, and she gets a letter from uh, Ben, the so, fat kid. So we did Bill. Wait, wait, she gets a letter from Ben, the fat kid, and, but she doesn't know it's from him, so she thinks it's from Bill, the kid who has a stutter with, with, uh, Georgie, his brother. So, it's all about her finding out in the first part that it's not actually Bill, and it's actually Ben. And they both, in both the remake and the original, Beverly finds out that it is Ben who writes it in the first part of both the original and the remake. But somehow in part two, like, I get they forgot everything, but as they were remembering things, she didn't remember until the very end when they were throwing things in the bucket. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is up with that when they had that whole well, scene where they kissed she, in the original? She remembers in part two during the uh, the scare scenes with both Ben and her. Because Ben... As he's like getting whatever, uh, mm. he says the poem, and she's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's just that subplot, and they're trying to figure out who wrote that. And there's a romantic incl- uh, inclination uh, there. So they, let's go to Eddie, uh, right? Or do you want to say something? We already did Eddie. We, we did? did. We did. No, we didn't. We, we did, did Richie. We did. Oh yeah, we haven't done Eddie. Sorry, I confuse Eddie with Richie. No, I do that too sometimes. Don't worry. But did we talk about Ben in chapter two? Well, uh. No, not yet when they're we adults. Talked, we talked about Mike taking away from Mike to give to Ben. Well, that's still only when he was a kid. I haven't even talked about him still being and then there we and went calling to back. Yeah, and then Beverly when I just really want to say also that the I'm very happy that the Gordito got it. Yes. both. I'm I am happy, happy too. I love, I love when... Uh, the fat guy gets the girl. Listen, straight bears need help too, okay? As, as I'm a straight bear... <laughs> I'd like to see something that doesn't happen in my life. Yeah, but you know what's bullshit? He had to be skinny for her to fucking right, finally be right. with him, which not, is not bullshit. Only, not only skinny, 
But like the dude was pretty. He was like chiseled fucking in the in the in part two in the remake. Right? Like good in, Lord. in in the fucking original part two? In the original, when he's an adult, he's still a little chubby. In fact, cute, in my opinion, just saying. But, like, he's not as, you know, fat as when he was a kid. But anyway, like, before we get into the adult forms, don't worry, I'm going to try and burn through these so you're not waiting on me too much. I just, I had so many things that I noticed, you know? Eddie is um, a child that also goes to the school. He's suffering from pretty much uh, hypochondria. He's He's got Munchausen syndrome is what the phrase is called, by the way, which I had to figure out. Someone had to tell me what that was. I'm sorry. I didn't which know. is? Um, tell what it is, is when someone convinces you that you're sick. And like, mm. even when you're not, they're perpetuating this idea that you are sick. And then you, are, by placebo, are believing it. So, like, he, he believes that he's sick because his mom constantly, like, overprotects on him, constantly warns him about germs and stuff that's not even true half the time. Not only that, we get a lot of, mm-hmm. of that even continuing in his later life with his wife. Right, but that's something else I want to bring in later. But But hold on, when he's a kid, there's, in the original, he actually actively wants to believe that he is sick. Because the pharmacist pulls him aside and says, listen, kid, this is just water and a little bit of medicine, a little bit of whatever to make it taste like medicine. Like, this isn't actually helping you. You know that, right? And he goes, no, I am sick. That's the original. In the remake, his mom is hiding that from him. And the pharmacist is actually this weird rapist dude that hits on Beverly. Oh, for real. So, so it's like, creepy. they took out that whole and thing. And he looks like an evil version of Christopher Reeves. It, they, but they took out the whole thing about him wanting to believe the lie, which makes sense for why Pennywise comes after him. Now it's just a thing that, oh, I was lied to. Now I just, um, okay, well, I don't believe it anymore. And I was like, okay, that's a little fast. But I will say, I will say, Richie, child form Richie is possibly my favorite actor in the entirety Eddie? of this film. Oh, Rich, Eddie. No, oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I did it again. Little Eddie, the right. hypochondriac. First off, he looks... If I showed you pictures of me when I was in elementary school, he looks like me. Oh, so Same exact just, hair. So you have a little bit there. Plus, but on top of that, if and I know I'm skipping to when they're adults, but they they act exactly the same. That kid did an amazing job acting like his adult counterpart and acting like an interesting character too. I need to look up that kid's name because he deserves to be in more shit. He did a great job. With I'll his look role. it up while you continue. Um, Keep singing Eddie's yeah, praises. Because young Eddie, he's, Eddie's he's so a, good, by the way. He's a hypochondriac, but in the original, he's just kind of more like, no, I don't want to do that. No. And he's just kind of balls up in a way. But in, in the remake, he's just constantly explaining shit. Like, that's just fucking gray water. And I'm not fucking standing in that. And he's cursing more, and it feels. I like the kids cursing more because it makes them feel like it's their own group. Whereas in the original, they're much more wholesome and they don't really, you know. TV movie again, I feel. Yeah. And like even Richie, who does all the dirty jokes, he's not even all that bad in the original. Like he's, he's pretty tame. In the remake, he says all sorts of gross shit that I never want to hear kids say ever again. Okay. So, uh, little, little thing. Little Uh, Eddie? Little Eddie. In the remake? In the remake is played by Jack Dylan Grazer, who was in Shazam. <gasps> no shit, who? Freddy. <gasps> he totally is. Yo, that kid. Wow, he you're did a amazing, great job. Bro. He amazing. did a great job in Shazam. He's amazing. And then for the adult, it's James Ranzone, which I. I don't know him. Oh, because... he was in The Wire. 
Oh, well, oh my god, he was in the... Oh my god, he was Ziggy in chapter... Oh my god, in season two. These are really good actors, Whoa. and I don't think any of them actually... Because you said they phoned in their performances. No, I don't no, no. know. For me, it's really the adult Beverly, adult Ben, even sometimes Mike, and sometimes James phoned it in. James? From, uh, sorry, McAvoy. Fucking, oh, uh, right, Bill. right, Bill, yeah. I thought Bill tried too hard, in my opinion, but that's... Yeah, at some there, points, yeah. like, at some points, like, he was yeah. like, let's go all out, and then other points, he was like, dialed it so back. Like, right. the director was like, dial it back, James, and then <laughs> he dialed it way back. Okay, I need you to rank it, rank it up, because... Give and then he was more Professor motion. Xavier. Oh, you want to go more motion? Yeah. Well, I'll go more motion. And then he yeah. went all out. For um, me, the best adult actors were obviously, uh, as I said earlier, Richie. And I wanted to talk about Eddie. Well, when we get into the adult actors. you stopped me. I know, but wait, because we just got to fucking finish Eddie. Jesus Christ. So Eddie, his mom in the original is just kind of this lady who's overprotective and says for him to stay home. And but the, in the stereotypical remake, fat mom. But no, in the original, he's she's not. In the remake, she's the stereotypical, like, sits at home, like, slob that kind of doesn't move from her spot. And she just kind of, like, perpetuates the fear in Eddie because she wants him around. Because she doesn't want to go anywhere. See, that addition of her being this kind of sedentary person, I think is really smart. Because it gives her a reason for wanting Eddie around all the time, as opposed to just being overprotective for the sake of being overprotective. Right. So... The remake does really smart things, and it adds in really smart elements. It just makes, like, in the first part, all it does is make a weird misstep with not using Mike that much, in my opinion. In the first part? In in the remake of chapter one. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah, everyone Mike, else has Mike updates. is, like, barely in it. Right. Everyone else has updates, and they're all really good, except Mike just kind of sits in the back. I feel like yeah. he lost his whole role there, and that kind of sucks. Um, I think... We are done? finally done with kids. Um, the only thing I would have is basically Bowers, but he's basically a greaser in the original. And in the remake, he has more of a fleshed out backstory of his dad being abusive and him killing his dad. And then like it, it that's when it finally contracts him, not just when he's an adult. So it makes more sense why he's tied into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he, his friends die to Pennywise while he's around in the original. Because in the original, when they go to face Pennywise after realizing what he is and, like, they're prepared with tools and shit, Bowers follows them in. It isn't Pennywise who sends Bowers in or anything. It's Bowers himself choosing to go in after them with his crew. But Pennywise eats his crew and basically leaves him all fucked up and traumatized. So they kept that part, but they had it so that it was more that Eddie was chasing them through the sewers as opposed to just Pennywise eating whoever was there. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if that's really a better or worse move, but I guess it, it introduces Pennywise to, to Bowers a little quicker. I, I don't know. And very unprofessional, Adrian. It's my mom. Oh, is she okay? Keep going. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, well then, keep going uh, about what? Jesus. Okay. Talk away from the microphone. And no VNLA. Um, you'll, you'll so yeah, no. So the whole fly. thing that I have with, um, we already talked about Mike, we already talked about Beverly, Bill. You're gonna have Bill. to cut that. No, it's okay. It was just a little quick thing. I'm sure our audience isn't mine. How was your mom? She's fine. She was asking me if I prepared my house for my friend. Oh, beautiful. Anyway. 
Anyway, the last child we're, we we actually missed, and the one nobody likes, to, uh, no one really talks about, is Stan. Well, Stan, Stan dies. Well, that's the thing. Stan that's dies. That's the whole thing about Stan. He dies. That's the thing everyone remembers about Stan is that he's the one who kills himself before they come back. Um, Stan in the original and even in the remake, he's this little Jewish boy that goes uh, to the school with them. Um, I don't really remember particularly what his trauma was outside of like his father kind of overbearing on him in the remake and demanding like perfection yeah and demanding because he's the rabbi because he's like the head of that organization yeah. of, the, of i don't want to say church but the head of the that, synagogue the synagogue yes so like yeah and that makes sense they gave him that that deeper trauma for him but it's definitely not at the same level as the others and and in the original they don't even really give him anything they just kind of have him be around, and I think that because he didn't actually have anything specific that he had to work through, that made him more susceptible to just kind of denying everything. Yeah. And that led to him being weaker in terms of resisting, and then that led to him, you know, Yeah, because Richie, Richie immediately calls him the weakest person. In right. chapter two of the remake. But in the original, I found it interesting because it wasn't Pennywise who attacks him like he does in the remake. Like, it's the flute lady who attacks him in the remake because he wants to scare everyone, I guess. And the original, he's he's not even scared by the clown. He's scared by the bullies. The bullies pick him up in the sewers and they bring him away and he's attacked. And that's why Pennywise eats the other bullies in front of Stan. Yeah. And I think because Stan witnessed that, plus he was picked up by the guy afterward. Like, he got the brunt of a lot of the trauma of Pennywise himself. And that, I think, led to him feeling like he couldn't stand up to it again. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Uh, for me, it's Stan in the original was just like the... Uh, I guess a motivating point for a scene mm-hmm. where... They're all like deal like as adults. Mm-hmm. They're all like talking like, oh, you know what to do, and stands just conveniently in a in a fucking his head's in a fridge, which we get a <laughs> callback from in chapter two, right? With young Stan's head turning into a fucking spider. I also found it interesting in the original. Um, Stan didn't blame the other kids for for taking him there. In fact, he was just like, no, we don't need to do this again. He just disagreed. But in the remake, he straight up says, it's your guys' fault. You've told me to go alone. It's your guys' fault. He just starts screaming that. So I think because he didn't fully trust the group is another reason as well. Uh, so the support group is very important in stopping Pennywise. Another thing is uh, that I want to bring up in the remake mm-hmm. of It Chapter 2, the actor who plays Stan, the adult Stan, has very little to work with. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. he's in like two scenes. So we're gonna move on and talk about adult adults then, because we just finished all the kids. We might as well. So we'll yeah. start with Stan. I mean, I'm just doing the adult stuff. I just wanted to mention that the actor who plays St- adult Stan in remake chapter two is uh the same actor who plays Alec Holland in the Swamp Thing TV show on DC. Oh wow! No way. Yeah. I bet he must be kind of like, damn, I got snuffed because I die super fast in this movie, and then Swamp Man got fucking annihilated. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Swamp Thing got canceled, and he has, you know, it sucks, and he, I thought he was doing all right, but again, 
he was on screen for what a grand total of five minutes in a three-hour movie well yeah and that's the thing and they they kind of give more of an explanation as to why stan killed himself um now we're gonna get into more about it part two the remake as well um so in the original stan just kind of kills himself because he kind of he remembers the the trauma of dealing with the clown and how he was alone and dealing with the bullies which really wasn't a thing of i don't have to believe in you it was a real threat the bullies are actively there like i mean pennywise is there but he can be warded off but bullies will straight up cut you like there's no you know and that kind of scared him so hard that he wanted to fulfill the promise to bill that they would all return but not also let him down so he like killed himself and the in the original, that's it. It just leaves it as that as like a horror scene, and then that's it. But in the remake, they try and explain that the reason he did it was to give the kids something to unify against. Like, my sacrifice is that you guys will team up to avenge me. Yeah. And I think it's a really selfish thing to think. Like, I don't even think like also, that would even there's, work. There's really good transition. Uh-huh. Um, that they did like really good editing transitions there because mm-hmm. when Eddie, oh excuse me, when Stan kills himself in both the original and in the remake, it's in the bathtub, right? And but in the bathtub, he's scrawled out it in, <laughs> it in blood. The most confusing suicide note I've ever heard of. What is it? It, it is it. <laughs> What's it? It is it. Uh, and then in the uh, remake chapter two, he says, I won't let you down, Bill, or whatever, and conveniently lo- lets everyone down. Well, see, but that's uh, why but, I was explaining is like, in his mind, him giving them a reason to avenge him is not letting them down, which I think is bullshit. And I'm sorry, I don't agree with him at all. It's a serious cop out. Like, I, I, but he <laughs> kills himself. But the, the great thing is the shot, it, it looks up. From the bot, from the bottom of the floor, mm. and we see the dripping of blood from his finger because he slashed his wrist. Yeah, and then it goes into the tub. No, no, the the it transitions to Beverly getting hit with water from the ceiling. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Okay, cool. And it's a nice callback to when, uh, in Chapter One remake, where after uh, Bill sees Bev for the first time, like he does a drawing of her. Mm. And there's rain, like, like there's a there's a leak or whatever in the ceiling, and it falls on this painting of the head of Beverly. It's a nice callback. I like that. Huh. And you know, they did that kind of thing in part one as well. When Bill was sleeping, there's a dripping on a, pi- a like, a picture he's drawing. That's what I of, just said. Oh, Of oh. the painting of Beverly that he drew. That's of Beverly? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even it's put that together. It's a girl. I was wondering, had. what the fuck? Why is he drawing some Pennywise-looking motherfucker? I really didn't, I didn't understand it. a girl, man. I didn't see it. I couldn't even see the girl there. Wow. But um, as the adults, we talked about Stan who We kills see himself. how George sees girls now. Well, what do you... Well, yeah, like I'm thick. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and go back to Bill. Bill is an adult now. Um, when Lost his stutter. So, yeah, lost his stutter. So as one thing you'll notice with all the characters is they all move out of Derry except for Mike. Yeah. Um. But when they leave Derry, one of the clown, one of Pennywise, Mike also does in the original. Mike doesn't leave. Yeah, no, Mike doesn't leave in the original as both, well. Both 
both uh, remake and original. He's a librarian at Derry. Yes, and he's but yes. But here's the thing I'm trying that I, I want to take away from this is like when you leave Derry, part of the AOE effect of Pennywise is that if you leave the town, you lose memories of yeah. what happened in the town. Like, literally. You, Not like you just you forget. You don't remember where you're from. Yeah, because like it that. wasn't a long time ago. You just literally forgot everything that happened in the town. So that's why all the, the children that go missing, all the murders, none of that really leaves the town because people forget because of this clown's power. So when people enter back into the town, all the memories kind of start flushing, uh, rushing back in. And even over the phone where Mike goes, it's time. And then they all kind of physically have pain as they remember because the memories are forcing their way back. And it's not like they actually just forgot. It's that the town made them forget. And I don't know if you've noticed, Adrian, there's yeah. a couple of allusions here to a certain other town that we know. But you promise you take me there again someday. I just, I started when but I started you never did. reading more about it and how his influence on the town works. I was like, holy shit, this is like some Silent Hill stuff in terms of... Honestly, I was going to ask you, what would happen if Dale Cooper showed up in Derry? Oh my God. God, I'd love it. God, I'd love it so much. God, I love it so much. And I want to tell you right now, Dale would have zero, zero problem with dealing with Pennywise. He is so analytical and will not be swayed by such stupid bullshit. I, I want to see that. I want to see Pennywise be like, hello, Dale. And then he's just like, I see you're a clown with red hair, but I don't think you can actually hurt me if I don't believe in you. What? How, how did you know that? And then just shoots him. <laughs> and then that's it. That, that's, what, that's what would happen if Dale Cooper fucking found Pennywise. I'd love that shit. But then would he, he would have a cup of coffee. But then they'd have a cup of coffee. No, I, well, at least he'd do that. Like, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no. So, so when you're an extraterrestrial. When yeah. you, <laughs> so, um, Bill, when he leaves town, he forgets everything about Georgie, which is a huge thing. And he lives to be a, an author. Now, it's a common theme in Stephen King books to have your main character be an author from Maine, much like himself. Right. So and of course he, he has a that. shit ending and he even ridicules himself. Not that. in the first one. In the original, they don't ever mention that, oh, his the ending suck or whatever. But in the remake, they have an inside joke where they say all of his like stories, the ending suck. Because it, the movie itself, received a lot of criticism that it was good, but the ending sucked. Yeah. So it's a clever little nod at the audience who talk about the original film. And it just becomes like a theme of that character. This isn't the first time that Stephen King shows up in his own movie, though. Oh, no. He he, he, he was Stan Leeing it way before Stan Lee. I hope you know he, this. Yeah. Uh, he even showed up in a movie that I really... Uh, it's like a ritual in my house to watch uh, for Halloween for spooky time. It's called mm -hmm. Creepshow. It's a it's a classic 80s movie, but it's like a Tales from the Crypt before Tales from the Crypt. Okay, yeah, Creepshow. I'm sorry. I was thinking of another movie, Chillerama, which we need to see. Sorry. I've already watched. You've seen Chillerama? Yes, we've had this discussion. I love that movie. Yes. I love it the, so much. With the where, with the, the gay bear. Yes. The gay bear. Yeah, but I, I'm partial Purge to that the- urge. I'm, I'm partial to the sperm- that, of course. That, well, that gets bigger and bigger. And has we can sex, talk about Chillerama any other time. Liberty. Yes. But so Stephen King has a whole like mini story in Creepshow that he's the actor of, but he wrote it. So mm -hmm. yeah, good on you, Stephen. Self insert. Good on you, Stephen. And also good on you for making fun of yourself for hating the ending. D so um, 
Bill, when he's Stop an adult, cocaine. well, you know, Bill, it's, Steven is so on his own thing. I doubt he's even on the same planet with us anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, I love you, Steven. Please, please sign all my influence crap. Silent Hill, Twin Peaks, all the things, it, all the things I love you've influenced, fucker, <laughs> you beautiful weirdo. Um, regardless, um, Bill, when he comes back into town, um, well, let's explain why they go back into town. Mike has been living in the town the whole time. Uh, he becomes a librarian and works at the library researching the history, you know. Something pinpoints that it is back. Like, but like his backstory in the original, him being a history buff, it made sense that he become the librarian. But now in the remake, he doesn't have that anymore. So he went from being a cattle hand or a ranch hand to right. a librarian, which feels really like different. But I guess he didn't like being a ranch hand. So I guess it makes sense, you know, in the end. No, um, but I mean, it also makes sense that Ben, conveniently, in Chapter 2, he just stops giving a shit about being uh, the history guy and was like, you know, I like being an architect. Yeah. And then Mike, all of a sudden, was like, yeah, we have to figure out how to kill it. Yeah, now I care up. about the history of the town, and I didn't before, but now I'm a huge buff on it. I don't know. But Mike calls everyone. Um, he has all their numbers and says, how? you need to come back to Derry. He has their information, I'd imagine. How? It's it's the nineties. It's not like people What do you mean? It's modern time. They all have cell phones, but like how? Oh, they do in that one. You're right. Nineties was when they were kids. They all have cell phones. You just answered your own question. But does it make any sense? I, don't know. I can't have the phone number well, in the original. In the original and be like, hey man, come come to Miami. Well look, he literally Google searched them, their names, and found oh, for them. For fuck's sake. I don't know. If you want to fucking reach. have a modern That's thing. That's a halo reach in the original. In the original Bro, in the original, he fucking contacts Bev through her company and her fucking abusive husband like tries to say no don't take the call and he keeps on trying and eventually gets through to her so he's trying to contact them he knows where they are he knows their name so assuming they didn't change and then it immediately all of them start Ooh, remembering who you want to know is. something else on how he found them what they mentioned it in the original but not really in the remake that all of them became bizarrely famous after leaving town yeah so like that Ben's didn't make a it hard. Shot architect. Uh, uh, Richie is a comedian. Bill is an author. Not Beverly only a comedian, runs but a they, like he had a packed house in the remake. Yeah, Beverly runs a, a clothing store with her husband. Uh, She's a designer, and they have like a fucking painting of both of them together. That in right that implies no, they have a lot of money. It's a clothing line with her husband. That's yeah. why the, she used to store there like a Gap. On oh the well, end. yeah. Okay, good point. Yeah, a clothing <laughs> line or something. Right. No, it's not a Gap. Just... It's literally a fucking thing. But yeah, no. So that made it easy for I guess Mike to find them. But... Why should have been an employee at Baby Gap? He'd find plenty of babies. <laughs> anyway, um, fucking um. So when he calls them, he basically says. Hey, it's time or it's back. Yeah. And he doesn't go into any more detail apparently. But as soon as they hear it from Mike, all of a sudden they remember everything. Actually, even or some not of even them, remember everything, yeah. but they remember fuck. There's something about I have to do this. Yeah, they like, get flashes of shit that happened to them in the past so they the memory start forcing themselves into reality. And in, even some of them they, he doesn't even have to say it's back. They go, "Hey, it's Mike Hanlon." And then they all just fucking like seize up because they just remember the name Mike Hanlon. Yeah. Um so I, I guess we ended up starting out with Mike because he has to be the one he's the first adult we see, you know. I I told George while we were preparing for the podcast that Mike is the ring leader. Whereas Bill is the leader of the of the group. 
I guess because I never considered that ring leader implies like the gatherer. And you're right. He, he is the person that calls them the whistleblower that brings everyone to town. Mm-hmm. And I like that. But here's another thing. He's that, our quest giver. This is what pisses me off because he calls everyone to town only when he's sure. In the original, he finds um, there's a crime scene of a little girl that got taken. Remember the little girl I mentioned yeah, yeah. before instead of Georgie? Um, there's a crime scene there, and at the crime scene is a fucking well, photo after Georgie, because Georgie's already dead. No, no, I'm saying like in in the original, it didn't start out with Georgie. It started out with a little girl, right? And in that scene, because in the original, it jumps between adults and kids. It doesn't have only a kids in one and only adults in the other. So you're jumping in between in the original. So forgive me if it's a little bit hard to explain. But um, at the crime scene, he finds a fucking photo of Georgie. Like, and it's, it, it persists. It's not just an illusion. So he's sure. And the clown, I think, wants well, them to know. Well, we even get, like, <clears throat> like, slapped in the face with the clown wanting them to come home. Right, so the clown definitely knows and wants yo, them to come home. Yo, rematch, son. One v one v right now. So and in best the remake, two out of three, dog. I just two realized in the remake they didn't make it the little girl that got taken. It was the gay bashing scene in the intro. That was the replacement yeah, for that, him finding something have, at the crime scene. I have to ask you, was that in the original? The gay bashing? So it turns out, um, not in the original movie, no, but in the book, apparently that happens. And that's like an introductory for Act Two. Also, just want to let it be known, right? That I'm wa- I was watching it, Chapter Two, with D, and the gay bashing scene is going on, and the and the guy who's the bottom, the flamboyant bottom, the as far as you know, right? Well, he, the he, guy who was like flamboyants know. can be tops too, my friend. You have no idea, right? Forgive my <laughs> my ignorance, ignorance. <laughs> uh, but he, his name is Adrian. So as soon as he died, D just turned to me, well, you just died. And I'm like, well, you died early, so that's good. I didn't suffer much. No, actually pretty. I think you suffered a lot. Maybe because me and me being homosexual, bisexual, whatever. Technically, I'm bisexual. I I find interest in women. I just lean more towards men. So in case any of you guys needed me to fucking actually say it in the podcast, here you go. I think we all know. I know, for real. But here's the confirmation. Even your profile picture. For real. So like... I see this scene, and maybe because I have that kind of bias, it kind of affected me a little bit more. It was kind you of like... gays? Yeah, no, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> no, um, I kind of imagined me and my boyfriend in the role of the two people that got attacked. Which I think is probably the best scene in the movie. I, I do. I didn't like it when I first saw it, just because of how uncomfortable it made me. And but that's now, how that's what I think it needed to do. Right, and it goes, and it also shows that Pennywise is also like chewing on adults because he can't... He can't get kids. He can't get the kids as easily right now. So he's just chewing on whatever. And that was an example of someone who was already being like... Weak. um, Like he got... Well, he got... Knocked the fuck out. I have a feeling the people who attacked him were influenced by the AOE effect of of Pennywise. Oh, for sure. But amplified to the point where they threw him off the bridge. There's always that one bully that's with them that goes... Wait, you're you're going too far, man. And that's the uh, that person who he's talking to is the person who's actively affected the most by the AOE. So he throws him in the river, and Pennywise takes that opportunity and says, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take that nom," and that's what he eats. But that scene really fucking I didn't in the beginning. I did not like it just because of how uncomfortable it made me. But I get the point. I, get I the think point. I think it did a really good job, yeah. and I think we need. Um, I hate to say it, but we need stuff like that to show people. That it happens, yeah. Yeah, that it's not, oh, oh, it couldn't happen to me. It happens. Yeah. It happens, bro. 
But back down to Mike real quick, because that, that's that's really yeah, a good and point. Mike, nobody, everybody lets him walk through a fucking crime scene. See, that's another thing. I thought just, for some reason he was like working with the police, but yo, no, he's a librarian and he just walks through into the crime the scene. On. Like, are we are instead we really, of this yeah. is almost as believable as a seventeen-year-old girl killing God? Oh wow. Call back. <laughs> I mean, for us anyway, Silent Hill 3. Um, what's up? I gotta go pee. Oh, you want to take a quick break? Yeah. Let's take a quick break. I'm sorry, it's been an hour. That is fine. It makes sense. We can put an adverb. Hello, everyone. This is Bone King, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast, hosted proudly on the Fan Freaks Facebook group. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S, Fan Freaks. So, at the Warner Brothers lot, you know how in the beginning of it, Chapter Two remake we get a uh, we're shown Bill you know being talked to about a movie that you know his work is being adapted for mm-hmm. and they're trying to change the ending. Yes. Uh, if you go to that lot now in L.A., there's a bunch of it marketing everywhere, and they even have like a little they change the water tower to be Welcome to Dairy, and they have huh. two, two balloons hanging out there. Oh, wow. Balloons. So they just kind of advertised something. They, like, advertised their advertisement in the movie? That's yeah, I weird. guess. It's really weird how Warner Bros. lot works in that regard. I That sounds a little weird to me. I have no idea. Um, I think so, it's cute. I think it's cute. Welcome back, guys. Um, we're now moving on almost like, oh, you know what? Welcome back. It's been a full 27 years. <laughs> Since we've been here talking to you guys, we thought it would make sense, just like the plot. Did we even mention that Pennywise comes out every 27 years? We didn't. Wow. Okay, so... um, <laughs> Which is also why in It Chapter 1 Remake, we see a lot of kids floating, because that's what he eats like mm-hmm. throughout the years. Like He takes bits and pieces. Right, so he, he gathers kids into his like den and eats them i guess yeah like a bear he hibernates right so instead of a year it's 27 years and in the original it's mike that realizes that it happens every 27 years and in the remake it's ben because they switch out that backstory right right right. um back when they become into adults now back into when they become adults back to when they're adults like we were talking before um mike calls them over to the the chinese restaurant to meet up Mm -hmm. and talk about what they're gonna do but no one really knows about the clown yet they just sort of know something is there and it's time. That's all that freaking Mike tells them because when they get there is when they start having the revelations about the clown. But we're going to finish are we, talking, are we about, talking about the remake or we're talking about all of it. Both of all them, right. both of them. He, he doesn't say what actually happens until they get there. Yeah. It's and, very interesting. Uh, and um, both of them deal with a, a Chinese restaurant. Right. And I think I'll add this on to Mike's little thing here because as opposed to bring it just to the Chinese restaurant, but like, when everyone comes to the table in the remake, they all blame him for lying and not saying that they didn't mention, or, and not saying that he didn't mention the clown. Like, he's lying for not telling them what they forgot. And I disagree because in the original, when they all realize the clown and all that shit, they thank him. They say, Oh my gosh, Mike, thank you so much for holding the fort down. We couldn't have done it without you. So it's like, what happened there? Who are you? Why are people like why rewrite rewrite it so that people like blame him for trying to bring them back and fulfill their for promise? Me, it, for me, it's that uh, Mike uh, lied about how the ritual of Chude can work, and that ritual shit is that in the books? That's in the books. It's in the books. Ritual of Chude works. Son of a in bitch. The, actually, it never works, but like that's in the book that yeah. it, it doesn't work. 
Because, like, in the original movie, they cut the ritual out. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, hold on. Before we get into the ritual, because I that I'm going to be talking about forever. Let me just burn through these real quick. Um, Richie is a brand new comedian. Uh, he's he's a stand up comedian. He's very successful. Not brand new, but he's a very successful comedian. Um, when they call him to tell him that it's time. Um, in the original, it's after a show, so he just goes after the show. And in the remake, it's before a show, so he fucks up his set. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting timing thing they did. Yeah, um, and they show how he has anxiety issues because he starts throwing up a lot. Right, which really wasn't something that was there when he was a kid. No. So I don't really know why. I feel like they added so much to Richie's character out of nowhere in part two of the remake. So I- I'll get into more about that because I have... That's a whole other segment. And trust me, I'm trying to burn through this. Um, Eddie basically grew up to marry someone just like his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who's very controlling, demanding, and, and constantly makes him worry about his health and shit. To the point where he gets into a car accident. You know what I mean? Trying to deal with her shit. Yeah, and but then she's very Mike. reminiscent of his mother. Right. And in the original, he actually lives with his mother. No, it's the same actress. No, I'm talking about the original It from 1990. Like, Isn't that the same actress? The one that ends up marrying him? Is it? No. Like they played the same role? No. Well, no, because here's the difference. In the original, Eddie stays with his mom. He just lives with his mom for the next 30 years. And then because he doesn't but learn... But not in Derry. But not in Derry because they all move out. Okay. Okay. So since he leaves Derry, he forgets the whole thing of his mom trying to convince him of that he's sick. So he falls into the trap again and lives with his mom. But okay. it only is until Mike calls him that he wakes up and realizes what his mom did to him and that he needs to be on his own. So he just fucking leaves. In the remake, his mom passes away because of her health issues and he ends up marrying someone like his mom. Mm. But acts the same way. Like No, I like think what how, you're saying is that the lady who played his mom in the first part of the remake is the same lady who plays his wife in part two? Is that what you're saying? No, no. It's, I read somewhere, I'm looking it up now at the cast list of uh, Eddie's, I guess, wife. Uh-huh. And Eddie's mom. Right. Which is played by Sheila Moore in the 90s. Which I've never heard yeah, of this actress. Well, because the whole point is that he marries someone just like his mom. So it would make sense if the lady who plays his wife is it, like his mom. is the same lady. Either way. Yeah. Also, one thing you forgot to mention about Bill mm-hmm. at the start, the adult Bill. Mm-hmm. Wife in remake, we get one scene. Barely right. 30 seconds of dialogue. And then she leaves again. There was a whole thing where it's like, Bill, don't go to Derry. We need you here. And then he says he has to go anyway. And then that's it. That's the end of his wife in the remake. In the original, she comes back and does some stuff while they're fighting Pennywise. But we'll get into that during the, the confrontation. We're, we'll get in there. I promise you. We, we finished out flesh, fleshing out all the characters. After this, it's just getting into the event and you're done. So... Eddie, that's his whole thing, and in the remake, it's with someone who's like his mom, much like Beverly. Beverly, um, when she grows up and after forgetting everything that happened in Derry, also falls in love with someone who's just like her father. Um, someone who's very abusive, controlling, and it isn't until Mike calls her and reawakens that trauma that she fucking fights back against him. Now... The way she fights back against him in the remake, I feel, is so much lamer than it is in the original. Because in the original, like, on top of hitting him over the face with all the shit there, 
like in the room because like he demands that she doesn't go to Derry, but she fights back. Uh, in the original, she's like throwing shit, and then she goes and hits him in the head really hard, stares him right in the face, and says, "If you ever come close to me again, I will kill you. I will kill you." And then runs and then leaves. In the remake, she just runs away like crying. What the fuck? Like, why did you take out one of the coolest scenes of the film of this lady fucking standing up for her abuser and replace it with her crying and running away? I was like, what was that? That's the thing about Beverly that really annoyed me. Beverly well. was so not as tough as I needed her to be. Like, as she was in the original, even. Like, original Beverly, like, the kid's self was not anywhere as close to being a tomboy as the remake. But, like... I don't know. She felt so much more passive in this remake part two. Yeah. She was reactionary. She was a reactionary character. So, I mean, there's that scene, which is annoying. And then that's pretty much all the kids. I think we, we covered everyone. Bev, Richie, Mike, Eddie, Bill. Um, so, yeah. If that, we miss somebody, you'll let us know. Yeah, I'm sure in the comments. Stand I. So what do you want us to do? So, um, yeah, those are all the characters that we're dealing with and all their interpersonal struggles. Um, you know, Pennywise attacks them through specific means. You're right, uh, you're right. In the remake of the 90s, I actually double-checked. Eddie runs a limousine service but still lives with his overbearing mother. Yes, so, like, they, that's an interesting change. That so, they but in the remake, the mother acts like a hypochondriac as well. In the remake, the mother... Yes, no, the wife. One. The wife. The wife doesn't really say anything hypochondriac-wise, as it is just, like, constantly harassing him with stuff. Like, do you have your seatbelt on? Are you sure? Why yeah. are you talking to me on the phone? You didn't say I love you that time. Exactly. You know? And it's shit like that that causes him to panic and then, you know, get into the accident. That actually um, Mike caused, but, you know, it's just because the memories were flushing back or whatever. So, um... Mike's a piece of shit. Yeah. So one thing I noticed, um, well, no, in the remake, apparently he is, but in the original, he was not at all. I just don't know why they made him a crazy guy in the remake. He's so much more like, oh, the ritual, the ritual, this and the ritual that I believe. And in the, in the, in the fucking original movie, he's just a guy who's been there forever and trying to bring his friends together. It, it's not like he's some weirdo who lives in the attic of the library. Like that wasn't in the original I mean, maybe in the book, I don't know. But in the original movie, he lives, like, across the street from Beverly. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't understand that, why you needed to move him into the library attic, but whatever. Um, those are the adults. Um, so, basically, all these characters have trauma, and Pennywise attacks them through their trauma. Much like Silent Hill in the sense that it kind of analyzes you and what it could bring out into manifest reality, Pennywise does the same thing. He doesn't just make illusions, he makes shit exist, but it's easy to dispel it just by realizing that he's doing it. And mm. that, I guess, is the sort of power play between the adults and Pennywise. Now, um, I have the, the scares All right. here, and we're just going to go through them, I feel. Um, the child scares. Okay. All right, so Pennywise sort of approaches them um, twice. Once when they're, you know... In, he approaches them individually twice, once when they're a kid and once when they're an adult, um, usually involving their traumas in some way. So like in the original, Bill um, has Georgie's book full of blood and the remake, Georgie himself fucking shows up, gets dunked in some water and it's it's they double down with the remake. Now, whether or not that's bad or good, I don't know. I think the visuals are awesome. I'm a big fan of like seeing the double also, down. Also, some of that the way. best lines 
mm-hmm. were given like the best creepy lines were given by Georgie. Right, and I really love you the lied, idea. You died. Uh, you yeah, float too. Of reincorporating Georgie so much, I really like that because it gives that a the actor a chance to do more, and b it, it means more to Bill. Yeah, like obviously. So um, there's that. Stan um, doesn't really get a scare in the original. There's a scene in the original where I mean, they dies. So. Well, that but this is that's in part two of the original. That that's way later. But like when they're kids. There's a scene where they're all looking at a book, and it's Mike's book, and it's like a a, um, a scrapbook of a whole bunch of stuff that's the history of Derry or whatever. And in that book, while all the kids are looking at it, Pennywise comes out and scares the shit out of them. Like, he puts his hand out, and that is enough for Stan and Mike. Those are the two times that Pennywise touches those two kids. Not in that way, but, like, approaches those two kids. The, oh, you're like, approaching me. Exactly. Mike <laughs> and Stan don't actually have their own hauntings in the original, right. but that's why they were given them in the remake. Stan has the portrait lady with the flute, who I think is fucking terrifying and is a great addition, and Mike has the, the fire door, the door with the banging and the hands trying to come out, who represent the family that he lost in the fire. Right. This is good. This is adding more where there wasn't. Um, ben, oh, and, and Pennywise... Like changing the name, like what they were in uh, the scrapping, the scrapbook part mm-hmm. of their death. Oh, yeah, subtle changes in yeah, the Yeah, all their yeah. crackheads or whatever. Yeah, because it's supposed to uh, dis- uh, discourage him further, saying that the town saw them as these nobodies that would... See, because that's part of his AOE, where the town, the, the building got burnt down, but no one really wants to acknowledge that it was a problem or, or really deal it with anything because they just rather believe crackheads burnt it down. Yeah. And that's what the AOE does to everyone. And then when Pennywise is gone, that shit is gone. Um, last, uh, uh, Beverly has the sink scare, which is in both movies, although really doubled down in the remake. Um, in the original, when the blood comes out, like the kids, the other kids, like she asked the other kids to come in and see it, right? Like you need to, I need to sh- prove that I'm not crazy. Tell me that I'm not crazy. So, but she doesn't act like she's insane. Like she's like, you guys need to see this until the remake. And the remake, she does that to the kids. And when they get in there, they're like, whoa, this, all this blood, let's help you clean it up. And then they all help clean it up. And the original, Beth just sits somewhere else and the boys clean it up. Like, they just, like, you already did thanks, it. Thanks, like, Yeah, thanks, Beth. Like, she was already traumatized enough, I guess, and she just broke down crying. So the other boys did it. And then the remake, they had this whole out-of-tone like scene, but it, I guess it worked, whatever. Oh, um, out-of-tone. Mm. I have a bone to pick with Chapter 2. <laughs> yes, I have a feeling we're going to get into Chapter 2 pretty hard. Uh, but you know what? Let me finish Chapter 1 real quick. Wait. Richie has a Wolfman scare because he saw something in a movie... And then Pennywise shows up as Wolfman randomly, whereas in the remake, he does nothing to, to Richie at all. And then in Eddie... In remake chapter one, but we get in a flashback. Right, because... But I don't know. Why did you do that? Why not just put it in part one? One of the worst things is you didn't have to watch part one because all of part one is in chapter two already. And I felt like that was a giant, giant mistake. Like, I don't know. I felt really unnecessary to really reestablish all this shit when you could just watch the first one, which is supposed to be a sequel. Anyway. Could have just fucking cut all that And they cut out one other scare that I thought was kind of weird. Eddie's scare. In the remake, it's a leper, and it's more related to his hypochondria. But in the original, it's a shower scene. Because he doesn't like to shower with the other kids because his mom tells him not to. 
So the coach says, you need to shower after working out. So they go into the bath. He goes into the bathroom, starts taking a shower, and all the shower heads start growing and, like, barring his escape. And then Pennywise crawls out of the drain and scares him. But they replace that scene with the leper. And I can sort of see that how it's more related to, you know, to, to, um, to Eddie. But at the same time, in the original, that scene of, of Pennywise coming out of the drain scared the shit out of me. So it's kind of a disappointment to see, like... Because you wanted to see that updated, maybe? Kind of, because that scene, per, like, personally scared the shit out of me and made me scared of, like, I also taking feel a bath there's, for a there's bit. a lot of subtext, homosexual subtext, in that uh, shower scene. Whoa, 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 what? The, you know, the whole, don't drop the soap, but stupid shit. Adrian, what? We're, this, I'm talking about the original, where the whole, mm. like... And that was the thing I'm going to get into about Richie. That's another thing. But th- in the original, there was no no really... Um... No, I'm talking about that scene in particular. Because you have this, you know, a dominating figure. That's usually the the subtext whenever you... I, I don't know. The because comedic it's, text. It's just Eddie. Do... It's just Eddie in the shower at school. And then Pennywise comes out. And I guess you could say, like, he's predatory in that regard. But yes, I don't and... get any homosexual anything from that. I mean, you're... All right. I'm just uh, there. It definitely is though, because I mean, you've heard the joke, right, about prison. Don't drop. Yes, the I know, but that, that was. Ne- but I don't see how you that get relates. that also in high school. Like there, there's that joke too. Yeah, but that doesn't. But it doesn't relate to anything I'm saying right now. Like I'm trying to like in the scene. Oh, I'm just giving my point. I'm no, not I know, it but I'm just anything to you. Huh? Then all right. Okay, I don't. I don't quite understand. But let's just move on. Let's just talk about the gay elephant in the room real quick. Um, Richie, I'm just right? trying to explain that's how it came off to me. I'm talking about the original, dude. That's what I'm saying. But you didn't see... You said you haven't seen the original forever and you forgot it. I didn't forget all of it. Damn, George. Okay. I, I remember something. I know, right? but I just... I'm trying to understand I've where even you described got... who Harry Henderson is in an Edel Tool. I know who they are and I remember their acting. Okay, no, I for John sure. Ritter. I just personally and was Tim like... Curry, for fuck's sake. Right, but I was just saying I didn't see where you got... Any like feeling of of like don't drop the soap in a scene where it was a I kid just thought he was gonna there. get fucking harassed in that shower. I mean, I guess no doubt that yeah, harassed. He was definitely gonna get harassed in the shower. I just yeah. whether or Sexual. not it was homosexual, I don't know. But Maybe. let's let's talk about this because you brought it up. Richie in the remake is sort of given this backstory, his trauma. As we were talking about, the kids have trauma. His trauma in the remake is that he didn't want to admit that he's he's gay, and like. I wouldn't have a problem with that so much if it was more developed in the first part remake because I just rewatched the the first part remake just today this morning and it is never underline never set up that Richie has any homosexual There's, inclinations at all. It feels like when I saw chapter 2 I, I, I like this term, so I'm going to keep using it because it's the best way to describe it. There's a lot of ass pulling. There's a lot of things pulling out of your ass hmm. to just go, oh, but this happened in a flashback yeah. during part one, which explains this. A no, lot of part but two, you should have yes. shown it in part one or at least give an idea or like, hey, motivation here. This right. is where this character is going to go. But no, you just straight up pull out of your ass from part two to put to retroactively put in part one 
through the use of a narrative flashback, yeah. which is the dumbest thing you could do as a writer. That for me, it's it's a it's, la- it's a bit lazy. I'm not gonna it's lie. A it feels weird and. And like I, I rewatched the movies trying to really understand like where the fuck did these did the writer get this from? Was it anywhere in the original that I just didn't know? I don't know if it's in the book because again I didn't read it. As far it. as I know, it's not in the. As far original. as I know, it's not in the book. But in the no, as far as I know, it's not in the original either or the book. And I've, I've, to be honest. I want someone to look it up. Any book readers? Uh, yeah, anybody any, that read the book? Let yeah. us know, man. Any comments below? Let us know if, if this is something that was in the original book, but in the original movie, Richie has his comedy to overcompensate for the fact that he's a scaredy cat. He even says it himself. He says, it took the it took the form of a wolf man because of the dumb movie I saw. He gets influenced by movies, and since he's kind of a coward, he uses comedy to sort of compensate and and deal with that fear. But in the remake, part one, that's still sort of a thing, but then they kind of retroactively, in part two of the remake, make it that, oh no, it was because he, he was overly jokey because he just didn't want to admit that he had feelings for, for Eddie, for, for a male character. Right. And it's like, this was never established. In, until part two of the remake, and if that scene, which we're going to talk about right now, there's a scene where Richie is at an arcade that's added in the remake. It's not in the original at all. He's at the arcade with some well, other kid. in the original, we, uh, well, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the original with chapter one. Continue. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's in, he has the arcade in part one of the remake. But we get nothing else. But we like, get nothing else. We, we, He's just playing Street Fighter. That's yeah, it. That's it. Nothing and else. By himself. Just by playing. himself. Nothing including anything. And, and also, I just want to say for the record, he says when they are talking about all the things that scare them in the remake, Richie says, I'm scared of clowns, turns around, sees a clown looking right at him, and then turns back to the group. No inclination that the clown was interested in men. No, no I don't know where the fuck they got this from. I, like, I, I don't know. I hate to do, keep using the term, but it's just a straight up asshole. Let's just do this. I, I don't know asshole. why. Gay, really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't God. I don't I don't get I'm fine with gay characters, just give them a reason. But you can't just it, it's a big bomb to drop if it's like okay, you know what? Normally it isn't. I'm gonna say that. Normally it isn't a big bomb to drop, because if it's part of your character, whatever. But this is supposed to be the trauma of your character. His turning point, the reason why the villain is attacking him. How the fuck have we not heard about or even mentioned anything of this before? Like, that scene where I was explaining... Warner Brothers, this is very Persona 4 of you. Oh my god, really? It's very Atlas of them, 100%. The scene where he's at the, um... Just the the opposite way, right? Yeah, the scene where he's at the arcade, and he's playing with some other kid in the remake. Some random kid that's like the cousin of Bowers. Yeah, remake part two. He, he's playing this arcade with him, playing Street Fighter, and it's not actually versus mode, it's the single mode, which is an inaccuracy that Matt McMuscles brought up. Good job. Um, he asked the guy, hey, you, you want to play another game? And then the guy looks at his cousin, expecting him to think that for some reason, because Richie wanted a rematch, that makes him gay? And he's like, what, what are you, gay man? And, uh, okay, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. As someone who does fighting game stuff, going mm-hmm. to fighting game communities and tournaments... Has anyone ever said, well, bro, you queer for trying to fucking do a rematch with me? No. Like, I've, I've seen never actual heard of this. gay dudes at tournaments, and none of them say that. I've I've never no, in my life that. have no. ever had someone call me, like, gay for wanting a rematch. 
Dude, in a fighting game. Me? It's like you're it, gonna try me in Smash, bro. You know what would have been probably maybe more if it was to imply that he was romantically interested. Like, hey, what if you you know stayed and played and taught me how to play a little longer or something? Something that's a little bit more intimate as opposed to just rematch. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that scene, and, and then just a bunch of people calling him fag. Yeah, and then he and then he runs away without denying any of it, which I was like, oh, okay, so I guess he's just like. And then he gets scared by a big bear. Man, I thought that was very. But but was that the joke? Was that the representation of, I mean, of his trauma? Top. It really wasn't like, because Paul Bundy is not necessarily like a bear. But, a, I mean, he is a bear, but he's a but, big, strong bear. But he was man. a giant statue. It wasn't like a giant man was chasing him. But it's the representation of a giant man. But it's a, a statue. Big... Of the town. It's a representation. It's a metaphor, uh, it just, George. I feel like it was the... Stop busting my balls. I, an, I <laughs> just went and explained for two hours how Pennywise is a good metaphor. That? That is a lazy metaphor. That has nothing to yes. do with anything. Chapter two is a lazy thing. Yes, it I, is. I, I agree with you. So, so that. And then I just want to say for those of you in the audience that are no doubt going to be like, you know what, George? Just because he's gay doesn't mean it's something random. You should be able to have that be a plot element. Yes, but you know what? If that Street Fighter scene was put in the first part of the remake, mm. I'd have zero complaints right now. At least they set it up. At least they did something to tell me that this is where it was going. But no, it's nowhere to be seen in the in, in part one's remake. It's only in part two and randomly squished in there. And it feels like a weak excuse for his adult character. That is my stance on Richie Toger being a homosexual in the remake. It is probably some of the laziest writing. I just don't get it. Like, why? I, I get why. To like, that is, a, like, if you put the traumas of everyone else in mind, yeah, sure, this is something that totally couldn't work with that. But it was never established, and you already had the last movie to do that. I'm sorry, this feels out of place and random. That is my soapbox, everyone. That is Richie. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, is there another note? Or can we just, like, now talk Just talk about, about part two, yeah. Um, the only other thing I could think of is um, that would be in part one that could even signify that that romance thing was coming, that Richie has a crush on Eddie at some point, is that Richie says, hey, um, Eddie, you want to play Street Fighter all summer and train? And Eddie says, why? You want to do that all summer? That's the only line I could find in all of part one that even remotely approaches what they try to do in part two of the Not like that, that's very accurate to the FGC. So I don't get it. Like I, We all get one game and we try to get good for that one game. And then when Months he's on it. and then when Rich is, Richie's attacked at a, as a kid and and by Pennywise he uses clowns he doesn't use anything about being homosexual until part There's two. There's a fucking clown room. It's in, a clown room in the third act. Of, Look, of I looked at every single one of those clowns. None of them were gay. Okay, <laughs> I could tell. You just look at. <laughs> and one of them was Pennywise. Yes, one of them was Pennywise. One of them was a sweet transvestite though. Yeah, we'll definitely admit that. Um, so yeah, that's my big, big thing. The adults, they, they all come to me together. Not a Joker, the... though. There wasn't a Joker in the bunch. What? This is a stupid joke. Lost me. Yeah, lost me. But it's okay. There wasn't okay. a Joker, Joker referencing the DC character? Mwah, mwah. Uh, oh, uh, you saw the, uh, you saw It Chapter 2 in theaters, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The remake. Yeah. yeah part 2, yeah. Uh... Did you see the special teaser trailer for Birds of Prey with uh, Yeah, Harley I didn't particularly. Mm. I'm I so like... over clowns. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. 
it could look look i'm not gonna condemn it i haven't seen it but if it's anything like suicide squad i know it what won't. i'm getting into it won't right, be good. suicide squad it's, it looks the, the logo looks like it though i mean the logo looks like it but it's gonna be better written sure i i mean we'll see um when they come back as adults, back to, to Derry, uh-huh. um, we're, we're, don't worry, Adrian, I know, you're getting a little bit tired. The special's running a little long, but I just wanted to get all the information of Pennywise out there. I um, feel like I just watched three-hour-long movie again. Perfect. That's what we want. Um, so when they all come back to Derry and they meet up at the Chinese restaurant, um, they're all, like, remembering bits and pieces. And in the original, they've already visited par- points in their life. Like, Bev goes to see her dad's old place before meeting at the Chinese restaurant. Mm. Not in the remake. In the remake, they all go straight to the Chinese restaurant first and then go find their tokens. And then that's what they gets them to go find They also stay at an inn them. that's, like, really convenient. Well, they do. The inn is in the original, too. They right, but like really convenient that they all have room at that end. I get it's like maybe it's a small town. There's one hotel. I, it I'm is a small excuses. town after all. But what I will say is that having the characters just of their own free will go and visit places of their past, trying to remember things, feels better narratively than find the tokens of your past for the ritual. And then all those scenes end up being just them going to a place and then remembering something and then leaving. Mm-hmm. Unlike, and then uh, open for a Pennywise attack. The only thing I can think of... Every like, time there's a Pennywise attack. Every time. Adult scare-wise. Because remember how I said Pennywise scares them individually twice. Once when they're kids and once when they're adults. The only time really Pennywise really like attacks someone who's an adult is like Beverly... Um, Richie saying that I know your secret and all that shit like that but like he doesn't really uh, attack them directly it's more just them remembering attacks that he made when they were kids like Ben remembers the uh, um remembers a fake Beverly with a giant flaming head which by the way is the most on the nose fucking way of doing the taking the poem that he wrote her and making it like a scary thing fuck off my hair burns like winter fire! Like, fuck off. Why? That's not scary at all. It's supposed to be a moment of respite for him. Like, this doesn't make sense. I hated that scene. It just felt so out of place with the burning head lady chasing. And that's another thing. Since we can finally get into it. Every fucking scare in the remake part two is just some giant thing chasing them, which is not scary at all. It was way scarier in the original when it was like, you know, would, his face in the original when they when he would scare the adults, it'd be like his face in some cards or he was a homeless man in an underpass that scares Ben. Um, he's a uh, he scares Richie in the library with the balloons. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do. Well, you better let the poor guy out. That scene he does that to Richie as he's an adult. It's not Richie just remembering something that happened. So, like, part two already starts off on a weak foot, having these characters do this arbitrary fucking token thing. So, you know, I just... Right? Am I the only one who felt that way, or no? No. Good. Good, I'm glad. But, um... I'm just waiting for my turn. No, go ahead. This is where I'm... I'm talking about the, the scare scenes in general when they're no, adults. No, no, I, I want to rip the whole movie. Oh, okay. Part two in, in total to, totality. Yeah. Um, the leper comes back to attack um, Eddie when he's an adult, mm-hmm. but um, 
instead of just being the leper, his like mom is like in a sex dungeon down in the basement. Yeah, that's really weird. Like it just felt really no out of place, random. I, that's really weird, but it it does call back to the whole the actress that plays his wife. Acts, oh, playing his mom, yeah, acts coming the back same way as yeah. the mom, and but. It's his like trauma. he's trying to fuck his mom, I guess. But Very like, Freudian. He remembers, say, like, trying to save his mom and failing, and then he goes down there as an adult immediately after. So it ruins that whole comparison of when you're a kid to that, because he already had a scare with the leper outside the house. So, like, all these extra scares just feel random. They don't really feel like adding anything to the plot they just want to be an excuse for the characters to find their totems as if they couldn't find another totem based on their trauma before yeah like eddie's thing is his inhaler why did he have to go into some fucking far uh, pharmacist basement to figure that out he already had his entire scare in the original or but in I part guess one he needed to remember it in part one where he was attacked by the leper so it's like i don't know he couldn't just remember the leper scene he had to have a whole other thing that happened to him with the leper for her it's lazy it feels sloppy with the super uh inconsistent um for the most part and and, oh my god because so much of this Uh what should have been in chapter one i agree i agree a lot of the scares should have been in chapter one because then it would have made i feel like that's what it was is that they cut out a lot in part one and we're like just stuff the other in part two whatever we have just stuff it in part two yeah that's that's pretty much it you were gonna say something about bill or um bill um yes bill's whole thing like when Pennywise approaches him as an adult, mm-hmm. in the original, he and Mike see cards on the floor with Pennywise's face, and that's it. Like, Pennywise just lets his presence be known and lets fear do the rest. In the remake, fucking Bill goes to the spot where Georgie gets his arm ripped off, sees another kid there, and, like, he... Or he hears it. He hears he... the Pennywise in the sewer. Like... The thing that hit, like that I hated, like he was screaming into the sewer, and I wanted there to be no response except like a balloon to float out or something. Yeah. That'd be scary, something like that. And then the kid goes by, and then he shakes and yells at the kid to not let that happen to him, and whatever. That makes sense. But fucking Pennywise, Pennywise talks to him. He says, "It's because you weren't there, Bill." <laughs> it's like, what? Did you really need to say that? Did you really need to make that so much more grown worthy because of that? I like to point out. It's only because of those scenes in chapter two that I learn that it's that's why Georgie died is oh. because Bill didn't want to play with Georgie that day. He does Be- say no. He does say it um, during his first scare in part one when he's the, the child scare in part one remake when he's in the basement with the water. He says like I'm sorry. I I know that I you know. Um, I didn't want to, but I should have, I should have. He says that even at the end of part one, too. So, like, he knows. Like, right, okay, they say so it for I the get, audience. I get one line. Two. Okay, I get what? Okay, I get two lines mm-hmm. and a fake cough in a <laughs> two and a half hour movie from two years ago that I'm supposed to remember the plot of uh-huh. for this three hour movie that drives this character, the lead character. I, look, I figured maybe there'd be a this better way. This is a way. little bit of a busting my balls There would moment. be a better way for him to say that, yeah, I didn't want to play, and that's why Georgie got attacked. A better way than having fucking Pennywise be the one to say it to him. Yeah. Like, come on. Fucking, I don't know. It just felt really random. Also, that thing where he sees, like, a version of himself, that younger kid who's supposed to be, like, the parallel version of him. I, I thought the younger kid was a parallel version of Georgie. 
Well, yeah. Because he's got a hoodie and stuff, and he's always, yeah. like, running away. I thought that was him, like... You know what? Good point. It's not actually... I thought yeah. that was the stand-in for it's Georgie. It's probably Georgie. Yeah, no. Because in the original, I actually didn't know... Like, I was surprised to find that sort of same thing happens, but not to Bill, to Ben. Ben sees a little fat kid get attacked by bullies outside the, the forest. That's interesting. And that's why I was like, whoa, okay, so he gets the parallel thing with Everyone's his Everyone's taking from someone else. Right. So What is this, Mortal Kombat 11? Oh my god, for real. It's it's getting all mixed around, and it, it's, it's... I still think the movie is worth watching. The visuals are great. The Chinese restaurant is fun as fuck. I had a great time with that scene. But mm-hmm. another thing I wanted to mention about that scene in particular, in the original, all the illusions that pop up don't go away. Like in the remake, in remake part two, when they go to the Chinese restaurant, all the illusions that, that Pennywise causes, um, they go away as soon as like they look at the, the waitress and like they look back, all the stuff's gone and they're just breaking the table for no reason. In the original, all that shit's still there squirming and squirting and moving around when they're like, can we have the check, please? And they have to calm down and pretend like it's not there, which I thought was another element that was kind of taken out of Remake Part 2, because all whenever there would be an illusion that happened, it would disappear as soon as someone else showed up. Mm. And as opposed to the original, where the illusion persisted, or the reality persisted for the character. I don't know, something I noticed. And I, I like it having the excuse to to be all out there in terms of like the singing heads and the fish tank and all yeah. that crazy shit. It's fun. I think that shit is fun. And that's where it part two remake really shines is the weird parts, but not the giant dumb thing chasing you. Yeah. Yes. So I think I went over all the basics and you could totally go into whatever specifics is. Now I'm just going to talk about problems I had with part two. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. That's and what we're I, ready. All right. Fuck it, chapter two. <laughs> I uh, think it has good parts. There, there are good parts, but overall, I am never watching the movie again. I never want to see the movie again. I'd rather watch it, chapter one remake, a hundred times again, because yeah. that was really good. It was well paced. It was well directed. It was well shot. Well edited. This, there's some good editing. And then there's some pacing issues, some things you could have fucking cut. I feel the editor was hamstrung to, like, include this scene. It's going to be really cool for the trailer. Like, include this, include this. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% agree with George. Every scare, every adult scare was, and Richie's scare, was something big, stupid, like, mm-hmm. unbelievable thing. And chasing, that old lady. Chasing the thing. I liked everything leading up from the old lady. It was until, such a good scene, yeah. Until the big one, because the late the old lady was really weird, really weird, but also like the the uh, the tension building mm-hmm. in that scene, and Beverly slowly realizing who this old lady is, and the fact uh-huh. that oh. It's, I'm in the room with Pennywise. And it was done so much better in the original, because instead of it being just a giant CG Tim Burton monster running at her, in the original, she starts decaying. Yeah. And then she looks up, and she has the voice of her father and says, are you still my little girl, Beverly? And she runs out. That's way scarier than... With two mouths in the neck, and it's like... who. Who cares by this point? You should... And the scenes leading up to that had her being naked in the background, moving all weird and shit. 
How much scarier would it have been if there was a, just a regular-ass, weird, naked old lady doing, like, weird walks, Silent Hill walks and, and at you? And, like, there's a puncture wound in her chest. And you'd see you all that. You could just have some ooze puzzing out. That would have been fun. Decay on the entire bottom part. That would have been way scarier than but whatever CG the, monster. Are you still my little girl, brother? Of course. But, like, that whole CG element was so, like, took me straight out of it. Uh, so fast. There's also some jump scares that... I thought we're okay uh, in comparison to other jump scares. Overall, the movie's either a five or a six out of ten for me. I'm I still decide. I some days it's a mm. five where I get really mad and I go fuck, man. I could have done something differently than the two hour forty minute movie. Yeah, uh, George and I have a major disagreement. I personally don't like agreeing with Doug Benson, who said. Uh, you could either be a three-hour movie or you could be scary, but you can't be both. I feel it could be done. There's some horror movies out there that that could have mm-hmm. the potential to be a three-hour movie. I but mean, most shows that are scary do that. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but that's this, the pacing. This had the worst idea of these flashback scenes. Yeah. Every flashback scene just reminded me more of how much better it chapter one was yep the remake part one yeah in comparison if there could be someone out there and i'm sure there will be who can just take out all the flashbacks Mm. and put it narratively i was just thinking about like a director's cut narratively put it into chapter one yeah and then leave chapter two to be fully the adult side of the story Mm. and just like separate the films make the Chapter one re- uh, remake be three hours long with those remakes, uh, the flashback scenes in there. Mm-hmm. Do that, but then you'll have a better narrative one-two punch for not only Richie, but for every character to grow because you'll have more definition. Mm-hmm. Because as George hated the scene of fucking uh, fake Beverly Pennywise fucking hair on fire chasing him down the hallway, it adds more to him uh like not confronting Beverly about his feelings because he's yeah. scared of the reaction but that's but no but you want to know what's even stupider though because at the end of part 1 he does confess to her and then we conveniently forget yeah, and then you completely forget. Which, granted, which the, the, the exactly, flaming hair scene happens before they put him away for the first time. I feel exactly so. this, is, this movie sometimes was written by the people who wrote Game of Thrones, the final season. Oh, God. Because they forget what their characters are about. And then they're like, oh, we kind of forgot this character can do that. Or we kind of forgot we yeah. introduced this in season five or six. I, I, and it, like, makes... Look, honestly... The effects sometimes are nice, sometimes are really fucking bad. And then other times, uh, the actors are good, and sometimes the actors are bad. It's a mixed bag of a movie. It deserves its mixed bag reception. Mm. Uh, I give applaud to everybody who tried to make something really good, but I think you tried a little too hard with some of these scenes. And if you had just fucking dialed it back, on the damn flashbacks and not put the entirety of chapter one into chapter two. Cause what's the fucking point of watching chapter one? There's just so if much. If I'm going to watch chapter two and one in a three hour movie. Yeah. 
It's not even. It wasn't even scary. More more often than not, I was laughing through most of it. Well, that's that's just because our our sensibilities with horror, we just are more used to it. But no, but I mean, there were people just, laughing. I didn't hear people getting shocked in the movie. Like you had people. It's a little bit silly, like kind of like an it's evil super dead silly. way. But like I, I'm kind of okay silly. with some silliness. I like some of the comedic bits in part one that they did. Right in but... part two, like you have fucking the Eddie character. He's dying and he fucking tells, hey, Richie, I fucked your mom as he's dying. Yeah, and Eddie Which is does... a good catharsis for yeah. the character, but it's also in the middle of the fight with Pennywise. Well, no, I mean, Penny. well, was he dead by that point? I don't even remember. I don't remember if it was if he was dead by then, but also the half clown, half fucking spider thing. Yeah, which honestly is better than just a giant spider. I think I was fine with that. I just thought it was stupid that he lived around possibly the most hazardous spike trap in the world. That he made. That he made. It's just like, obviously he's going to get impaled by this thing. Right. He's huge and he'll fucking... And then fucking... we all start screaming at it. And yeah. then he'll grow small, and then he'll be, like, super small, and then we'll just pull his heart they, out. They make it a point that they're like, we have to make him small, because look, he physically has to make himself small to get in here. And it's like, but he can teleport and, like, shapeshift. Like, what? That has every nothing to do time, with anything. Every time I think about that final fight, I think of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with fucking Taserface just screaming, it is a metaphor! Like, mm. yeah, I get it. I fucking get it, but yeah. it doesn't mean it's good. In the it original... Not all metaphors are good. And I like Pennywise as a metaphor, but in the original, the team goes down to deal with Pennywise together, and it's more like a, you know, they're exploring the sewers, as opposed to, like, and also, all these trippy th things happening individually to them, like, that are supposed to add more the to their character. I guess were, that's fine. The adults were so ill-prepared. Yeah. Compared to the kids. The kids went in banging. They got fucking this this cattle prod gun that'll fucking kill in one hit. If you do a headshot, they got fire pokers. Mm. They all got, like, slingshots and, and shit like that. In with the adults, not one of them brought a gun. Not one of them. Like, there's one In the original, poker. Eddie or uh, Richie tries to say, I still think we should have brought a machine gun. And, I mean, they reference it. But the whole idea is that you, do, you don't need guns. It's just you. You know what I mean? It's like anything can be your weapon to deal with him. It's just... Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they kind of really made some strange decisions in part two. Also, that whole, like, the Pomeranian scene. That's another part of the Evil Dead jokiness, campiness. That well, jokiness, I'd say. Not yeah. even campiness. But, but Evil jokiness. Dead has charm to pull it off. This does not. It's 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 weird because I feel like the cast from part one remake did have the charm to pull it off. Part two has some characters who could, but they don't fully go into them. And it's really... just, also, it, it, it's the pacing, dude. By the time you're at that final fight and the final fight lasts for fucking ever... You just want it to be over. Like, like all right, I get it. It's funny. Let's like, just go. Cut out, cut out Paul, Bu uh, Ted Bundy, Paul Bundy. No, just cut the flashbacks. No, no I'm just, but there's not, not even one all flashback in chapter two that's needed. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the flashbacks are so unnecessary because they don't really add anything outside of like fucking the more introducing I think about this a game movie, plot. The, to, this to, movie's a fucking Richie. five. It's a five. It's a five I still think ten. the visuals in it, it's like an the, F grade. The, the fortune cookies, the spider head of of, of Stan, yeah, I think no, is really good. cool. There's good in it. Um, the the under the bleachers scene with the little girl is really fucking scary. Um, like there's it's some, creepy. It's not scary, but yeah, I get you. It's the same thing, I mean, in a way. Like I hear what you're saying, but like 
there are really good elements to this part two remake, but I feel like so much of it should have been cut out and more developed in terms of like, all right, there's, I've never seen a movie that's so overstuffed yet underdeveloped at the same time. Right? Like, it's so it's bizarre. bloated. This is gassy. This is somebody who chugged a shitload of soda and thought they were full. Like, you're Hen- not full. Henry this Bowers. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. Like, Henry Bowers in the original, Pennywise hires him because they know, the kids know that Pennywise can be stopped if they just say that we don't believe in you, we, we believe we can beat you. So he needs to talk to someone who's tangible, who doesn't play by those rules, who's the bully, uh, Henry Bowers. And he asks Henry to go and attack them as an adult, okay? In the original. And then that's why um, Henry Bowers stabs Mike in the chest, and Mike can't go into the sewers to go help them fight it. Right. And that makes them feel weaker because they're not all of them together. And that's a plot point, and that's a thing. But now, in the remake, part two, Henry Bowers gets contracted by it. He s- kills everyone in the hospital, stabs Eddie in the face, but he's fine, and then that's it. He And then he attacks Mike and then dies. Yeah. But he he doesn't succeed in his attack to Mike. So literally his character is pointless. He has no point in this script anymore. Either cut him out or cut out that other shit to make him scarier and have more shit with him trying to kill them. Or have just Mike fail. Like it's his idea for the chew, ritual of chewed, but just mm-hmm. have him get hurt, do the same thing where he like, oh, he's hurt or he dies and replace like, Eddie's character to be the one that, all right, guys, let's do this. Let's do it for Mike. We can do this together. Let's do it for Mike. I think you mean for Stan. Stan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the, Mike in the remake, they need him to do the ritual. Right. Whereas in the first one, it's just they need everyone there because they need everyone. Yeah, but it's super easy, the fucking ritual. You could just have him say, like, or, like, conveniently, oh, here's the paper to fucking say how to do it. And it's so stupid, because it's like, why did you think this ritual would even work if it didn't work in the past? Like, oh, they didn't believe enough, that's why. That's that's the stupidest idea, because they're a religious group, and obviously they're believing in this. Like, I don't know. It just, that whole thing with the ritual and all that was not in the original. Maybe it's in the book. I honestly don't recommend anybody to watch it. I don't recommend the ending. Ironically enough, the ending sucks. Just like the ongoing joke in the movie itself. I feel we should cut here. Like, end the show here with, the ending sucks. Yeah, it was a good movie, but the ending sucks. Yeah. But the ending sucks. Uh, um, But we should just cut, God. We should say goodbye. Like We're, we're almost, what, more than two hours in? No. We're, um... Well, now we're at two hours in right now. Either way, yep, guys, this is going to be the end of it. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, I feel really bad for anybody who tries to listen to a two-hour podcast. I The Super Best Friends have two-hour podcasts, did, too. Did you hear Pop Culture Leftovers did an eight-hour podcast? That's awesome. How the fuck? I'd do it. I'd probably listen to it. Um, Regardless, guys, I let us... I need so many breaks. Regardless, let us... We kind of got off track a couple times, and we are trying to stay... You know, focused on structure and stuff like that, which may have taken a little bit more time um, to explain it. But we hope in this episode we we explained, you know, pretty thoroughly the, the, lore. Char- the lore, the characters and it. Like, these were the things I wanted to do with the special. When I approached Adrian, I'm like, I want to start doing some specials like the Twin Peaks episode because I want to go into details about the characters that we really wouldn't have enough time to talk about in a normal episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, this movie... 
when I initially saw it, I didn't really think much of it, but as I got to know more about the metaphor that is Pennywise, the characters and how they relate to Pennywise and how he approaches them, it really made me sort of fall in love with this world in a way. I kind of really like this movie a lot more now than Which I did movie? in the past. Both. Oh, you yeah, actually like chapter they, two. They each have, you know, their own faults. good faults and, and, and pros and cons or whatever. Like... No movie's ever perfect. Right, and neither of them make me go, no, there's nothing salvageable in this. Each one has its own things that are fun and Oh, worth so that's watching. a Resident Evil franchise. Nothing is salvageable in that. Look, I'm not talking about Operation Raccoon City right now, okay? Or Umbrella Corps. That's, that's unsalvageable territory. No, I was just talking about the movies, like... You know, oh, God. Apocalypse. No, know. those are unsalvageable. Um... <laughs> But no, I mean, well, we can talk about that too if you want to have a Resident Evil movie. Fuck no. Why not? We've seen it all, and it'd be a good topic I've, to go into. I've been yelled at enough by people that like it. Too bad. We're going to go into it probably one day. Anyway, so, um, but uh, let us know what you think, and let us know what do you prefer. Do you prefer the original? Do you prefer mm-hmm. the remake? Do you prefer the book? What's your favorite iteration of Pennywise? Bill yeah. Skarsgård? Um, Tim Curry? A lot Curry? of questions to ask. And hopefully we can cover your answers on the next podcast. Yeah, and w- I'd really like to hear what people think of, like, Pennywise now that they know the metaphor. Because not a lot of people do. Like, a lot of people online explain it, but on the surface level, they don't really go into it that much. Yeah. So I really am interested to see, like, if people can start going, huh, I never thought of it that way. And then they re-see it in a new light. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that's just what hopefully I hope to impart with you guys. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Fan Freaks podcast. This has been your Bone King and... The masterful dude of doodleness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most, Adrian Mikeways. And we hope you had a really good time watching the episode of It's... The Dancing Clown! That's all I can do. No, it's perfect, though. <laughs> oh, yes. They float, Georgie. They float. And when you're down here with me, you float, too! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>